comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The PKD Black Box is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. This is the PKD Black Box. Welcome back to the Black Box. I'm your host, Sean Pryor. Um, Before we get to our feature presentation this week, I wanted to take a moment out to um, get just get something off my chest and and uh, talk to you listeners uh, that know um, some of you know about this some of you may not and you may be interested you may not but you know what I just want to talk to you about it just to clear the air I am no longer uh, president of Action Lab Entertainment now for those that follow Action Lab as as I've said also many many times before Action Lab Entertainment publishes comic books been doing it for two years and before that I was doing my own thing uh, you know self-publishing books under PKD Media things at Action Lab have really been taking off uh, it's been a lot of hard work a lot of sweat a lot of grit a lot of determination but we continue to you know climb climb the charts and uh, impress people and and you know we're doing big things um, you know some things that I really can't talk about just yet but we're doing big things and we just want to continue to put the best comics out there for the masses and quote unquote entertain people. Now, when I came on to, uh, to, you know, to join Action Lab, when, when the team asked me to come on and, and, uh, and be president, you know, I took that challenge head on and, and, you know, and I loved every, you know, last minute of, it and it was, a, you know, it was daunting. Um, you know, I was responsible for a lot of things. And even though it was a team effort, you know, we're a small crew. So we all had to handle more than one or two tasks in order to get the job done, to get these books out to the masses, get into the, into the direct market and all, all types of things. And when I came on, you know, I was responsible for, you know, one, helping us get comic book distribution. Uh, through Diamond, uh, you know, I was responsible for getting the Kickstarter going for Action Lab for our very first um, direct market uh, miniseries, uh, Fracture. I was in charge of that operation to assist with the publishing schedule, be the liaison for Diamond Distribution once we got in. From there, um, also, I was responsible for digital comics distribution trying to get our books out there digitally in as many venues as possible and also at the same time make people aware that our books are available digitally which is a job within itself especially when you're a smaller publisher um, you know trying to maintain and run a website um, you know with a functioning web store to make sure people get their products uh, you know in a timely fashion whether it be print or digital um, also out for the longest time I was handling you know a majority of the marketing and press releases whether it be for the website uh, whether it be uh, you know trying to get information out to comic book bloggers bloggers comic book stores uh, you know comic book PR sites all, all that type of stuff and you know also also social media uh, you know handling that whether it be Twitter whether it be Facebook and anything else that needed to be covered in order for us to function and succeed and you know there were there were highs there were lows there were you know great moments there were mistakes and you know we and through all of that, it's been a great experience. Uh, you know, like I said before, it is a team effort between myself, Dave DeWance, Chad, Chad Ciccone, uh, Sean Gabbard, Brian Seaton, you know, Jeremy Whitley, Kevin Freeman, and, you know, more people coming aboard that, you know, like I said, can't talk about just yet, but 
been a heck of a challenge, but for the longest time, it was a much smaller group. For like almost two years, I just went balls to the wall, just put and went as hard as I possibly could to make sure that we were able to do what we had to do. Once again, everybody else did their part too. But to try to do all those functions consistently while maintaining a full-time job, while trying to maintain marriage, while trying to maintain a little bit of personal time for yourself, and also just a moment to try to relax every now and then, it starts to like really wear on you. And that's not like a sign of weakness, I've been going hard at this for almost five years, two with Action Lab and about three on my own. And this has been a nonstop process. I mean, you know, from making comics, doing conventions, podcasting, networking, everything. I've been doing this nonstop go, 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 go for five straight years. And eventually it will take a toll on you if you don't balance it out which is one of my favorite words, balance. It was around a couple months ago, I started talking with the team. We started to bring in more people. And I just said, you know what? It's time to, with some of the things that we're trying to do, it's time now to put the proper key, you know, the proper people in the proper spots, align things correctly, and let's get things in order so we can be as effective and also be the best team possible. For me, I felt that, you know, suggesting that Kevin Freeman be president was like one of the top suggestions, you know, on my, you know, on on my bill because he has loads of experience. I have a lot of experience, but he has more experience than I do. He's brought things to the table that have helped us out tremendously. And like I said, his resume and his experience, you know, speak volumes for the things that we're trying to do in the future. Roles are really starting to be truly defined, and I don't have to do 15, 16, 17 things anymore. I just want to concentrate on a couple of things for Action Lab and be that specialist. I want to help develop our our digital side of comics, something that, yes, the direct market's important, don't get me wrong, but also at the same time, we need to generate an audience on the digital side of things, too, and I would like to do that. Um, Also... In a sense, I'm also a project manager at the same time now, and I can handle special projects that don't require like, you know, 24, 24 hours of, you know, constant work. And I think I could be more effective this way because I was just tired. I was literally just worn out and I was burned out. But I kept pushing through because I didn't want us to fail. And the last thing I wanted to do was put myself in a state where I'm so burned out. I just walk away and say, you know what? I quit. Why do that? That's foolish. So instead of doing that, we put the proper people in the proper place to do their jobs to the best of their abilities. And by lining everything up, we're going to be successful that way. You know, and for me, it was never about titles. Yeah, you know the nicknames, Barack Comics, uh, Stan Leroy, you know all that stuff. Yeah, Being the president of Action Lab, that's all cool, okay? Don't get me wrong. I love the time that I spent as president of Action Lab. You know, it was a strong two years. And I knew, I'd, I knew that I wouldn't want to be president forever. But what I wanted was that challenge to see if I could do it. And I can. And I did. Now it's time for me to do other stuff. Plus, as I've always said many times before, I'm a creator first. Being, you know, the president of Action Lab, it put me in businessman mode. And I learned a lot about this business 
a lot about the comic book business and I appreciate that. And you know, now I can, this knowledge will be with me for the rest of my natural life. But I'm a creator first and I want to be able to create projects, collaborate with people in ways that I really haven't been able to do for the last two or three years. Because like I've always been in business mode in, you know, for the past few years. So now I can slowly start to get back to that. But I didn't want people to think that because of some of the things that have been going on lately that I was getting kicked out or I was being forced you know, to a different position. No, this change was necessary. This was the change that I wanted to see. I'm all for it. And I can't wait for all of you to see what's coming up next over like the next, you know, the next six months to two years. It's going to be amazing. That's what I wanted to say. So just to clear the air, now you know. Let's go ahead and get to this week's episode. It's an incredible episode. It's a blast. We're about to take you back to the old school with one of my favorite miniseries by DC Comics in 1986. So you know what? I'm going to quit talking and let's get to our feature presentation. I'm on the line right now with a group of gentlemen to talk about something that is legendary, not only to me, but to all of us on this call. We're going back to the year 1986 to discuss the DC Comics miniseries called Legends, uh, written by uh, John Ostrander and Len Wein with uh, artwork by John Byrne and inks by Carl. Is it Carl Kiesel or Carl, Carl Kessel? I always said I Kessel. Heard it. Yeah, I heard of Kessel. Okay, Carl Kessel. Okay, cool. And Carl Kessel. And we have an all-star lineup this evening, ladies and gentlemen. First on the line, you know this gentleman. He's been on the podcast a couple of times. He is the creator of the uh, Jetta Tales of the Toshigawa uh, comic uh, graphic novel series. He is also a martial artist. Um, you've, you've also seen him probably like in a local commercial or two. He is a man nope. No, no. <laughs> he is the stop there, right there. Let's let's, let's backtrack there. Okay, yeah. edit, edit it out. Edit oh, it out. Okay, we'll talk about that some other time. <laughs> uh, but he is a man of many talents, ladies and gentlemen. The one and only Martheus Wade. Martheus, how you doing, sir? Uh, man, I'm good, dude. I'm good, man. I'm uh ready to get this uh, Legends on, man. It's one of my favorite uh comic comic uh, series. Actually, this is actually what got me into DC Comics. So I'm 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 good. I'm good. Awesome. All right, now. Also on the line is a brother that you've heard on the PKD Black Box many a times this year. I'm discussing hip hop and, and Batman and all types of great things. He is the creator of the Glyph nominated uh, comic Ants. Um, he was recently at New York Comic Con and he stole the show. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Julian Lytle. Julian, how you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing tired. That's how I'm doing right now. But I'm ready to talk about Dark Side and his power. Power over the earth. Yes, I'm ready. Ap- Apocalypse and Calabac had that tight ass rib joint. So yeah. <laughs> we, about we about to talk now. Also, no, we have two new special guests that have never been on the PKD Black Box before. I'm honored to have these gentlemen on the show. First and foremost, you know this gentleman from the. Uh, oh man, there's so many podcasts. The Taylor Network has it's ridiculous. No apologies podcast. He's on there from time to time, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Chris Campbell. Chris, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Let's talk about some humiliation. All right, most definitely. And last but not least, this man can be heard on the 11 o'clock comics podcast. He is known as the Mighty King Dap or King D.A.P., depending on what circle you're talking to at that time. 
the one and only, the talented Mr. David A. Price. David, how you doing, sir? I am fantastic, sir. Thank you for having me. Oh, hey, thank you for being on the show, y'all. Listen, everybody, thank you so much for being on this. I'm so excited to talk about this. My inner child is like going back to 1986, and I remember being in my dad's like Pontiac Grand Am, leaving the comic shop with that first issue of Legends. And like reminiscing and sitting in a parking lot while my, while my dad was in Target trying to like do some shopping, and I'm trying to read the ma- read issue one in the car. It's dark. I can't see Jack, and I got like a little pin light trying to read this book, and <laughs> just like all the all the memories from from this like miniseries just like you know swooshing to my head. But as as I said before, Legends uh, came out in 1986, ran from November of '86 until like early 1987. This was the I guess you could call it the quote unquote like sequel event to you know after Crisis. Yeah, because Crisis was eighty five. So yeah, this would be this would be their their follow up, uh, just not on on a grand of scale. Right. Oh, it's definitely smaller in scope because it's only dealing with a certain number of super you know superheroes. Period. And you have one distinct villain um, in the mix, um, Dark Side, and. And, I, and this was also the first time I remember ever seeing or really noticing Phantom Stranger. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's the first time I ever really mm-hmm. noticed that character um, as well. I can ramble forever about this. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go down the line. If y'all want to talk about some of your memories, like first, you know, getting this series and what it meant to you at that time and like what it still holds for you. If you want to go ahead and wrap on that, feel free. As a matter of fact, uh, David, if you want to go first, the floor is yours. Oh, uh, and I... I was a a big fan of Crisis on Infinite Earths. I, I didn't. Um, I I came into that late. I, I probably started picking that up uh, around issue six or seven. I, I remember Supergirl dying. I remember Flash dying. I, I remember buying issue eight off the stands. And I was a fan of of the DC characters before Crisis, and 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 even more so during Crisis. And I, I was I was enjoying a lot of DC's output at that time. And and Perez was, even though he, he worked on Fantastic Four and he worked on Avengers and he was at Marvel for a little bit, White Tiger, things like that, I always associated him with DC. And and to see him do Crisis after working on Justice League of America and, of course, the New Teen Titans, the flip side of that was John Byrne was my Marvel artist. And when when he finished up with Fantastic Four and and moved across the street to work at DC and and started working on on the Man of Steel miniseries to re reimagine reimage um, Superman character and and his origins and getting rid of Superboy and and taking him out of the Legion and things like that. But to have John Byrne pencil the follow up event to to Perez's <laughs> Crisis, it was just I mean. It was Legends was to me kind of a it was lightning in a bottle because you you had one of my favorite artists at the time you had characters that that I enjoyed because they they kind of were you know it it's they were not really a list characters you had Superman you had Batman and I like Burns Batman rendition mm-hmm. um, but you also had like. Guy Gardner, who was like, considering the Green Lantern Corps was also being published, Gardner, Guy was like, last in line after like Chip and and Kilowog. So <laughs> you had you had Guy Gardner, you had you you had Black Canary in her funky new outfit, you had 
Firestorm, who I've always liked, and Firestorm was a member of the JLA, but then you also kind of tied in the end of the the Detroit era, mm-hmm. Justice League of America. So there were some things where, hey, this looks cool, but then it's like, but who the hell are these characters? And and you really had it. It was, I guess, it was kind of ballsy to not only use this series as a way to uh, to launch the Bwahaha Justice League, but also to launch the Suicide Squad and to use Kirby's dark side and 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 apocalypse characters and and uh that was that was quite different than what you had following crisis but but legends is is absolutely one of my i think i i've said it before actually when when legends went on sale with comiXology and i i was pimping the hell out of it that weekend i i still to this day I, as as much as I respect his talent, and I think Terry Austin is a fantastic inker, mm-hmm. Carl Kessel is the best inker on John Byrne. I will mm-hmm. I will say that to the end of time, and it just it, it the the book looks fantastic, and and I just it, the story, you know, it's the story is it's about a character who who basically is is turning the public away from superheroes and and some people might say that the newer readers might might think that that's reminiscent to, to civil war because you had the president talk about you know superheroes are outlawed and 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 there was that whole thing going on but it was very self-contained and and it was um it had it had some crossovers. You, you had some some tie-in issues here and there, but for the most part, these six issues pretty much told you everything you needed to know about what was going on. And and I I just sometimes I forget the story. I'm just soaking in the art, and 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 that's it. And 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 like you, Sean, it was just it, it was 1986. It was just it was it was a really good time for me. It was I was I was you know 14, 15, 16. So it's it was. It was a golden age for me, and I, I, I definitely, I definitely do recommend it. And, and I guess if if you're a newer DC reader, or even before New Fifty Two, but if if you've been reading DC since like Infinite Crisis or or um, around that time, there may be some things you don't get with Legends because even as I'm reading the crossovers things can be a little confusing yeah. and and it's you know you read cosmic boy and 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 rocks going on about how you know how does superman not know me and you know superboy was a member of the legion and 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 you know how why is this 1986 history why is this so weird and so all and and it's neat that after reading so many issues of legion and how they were only 100 years in the future and they could recall what was going on, you know, in like 1972 at that year because that's what was happening. Now you had this this change because of crisis that Legion history is in a bit of a flux. And and there are little things throughout this whole series, that this event, that uh, that make it bigger than those six issues. And, and you don't have to read every tie-in, but it, it kind of just painted a little bit of a bigger picture, even though... You didn't have major heroes throughout the whole uh, the whole event. Right. It was it. I. I yeah. I mean, I. I could go on for a while, obviously, <laughs> but it is. It's. It's something that I, I recommend to people, especially if you're a John Byrne fan. Yeah. I definitely say, if you're a John Byrne fan, you need to check this out. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. to me, it's his best artwork 
probably yeah it's probably to me it's his best artwork ever and that to me i mean i know i know a lot of people say well, what about his x-men stuff or like that short period of time he worked on incredible hulk um mm-hmm. because like those those were some great issues too like to me there's like two burn like there's two burn books that will for me stand out for till forever and i remember the images more than the story itself legends and the uh, one issue of the incredible hulk where he were like basically banners already been split from uh, from the Hulk and basically Hulk has gone crazy and He's fighting Samson Samson no it's like Iron Man Hercules oh uh, yes Na- Namor and yep. uh, and I can't remember the fourth character it may have been Samson but that issue that issue I will never forget. It's like 316, 318, yeah, something, something like that. Like, but I know yes. exactly what you're talking about. That that issue, like those are like those are the two burn books that are it for me. Everything else is cool, yeah, whatever, fine. But like those are the two books art wise that said, okay, this is why I pick up a John Byrne book in the eighties. We're going to move to Chris and get Chris's uh, opinions on uh, on on like legends during uh, the time it was out when during the time it was out and, and how he felt about it. Yeah, the thing you have to understand, I guess, is when it came out '86, I was like eight nine years old. <laughs> so uh, when I was buying comics, I went up to the Seven Eleven up up the street from my house, and at the time, I was only reading a couple of books from DC. I was reading like Batman. So like my first experience with the legends was as like an eight year old boy seeing a legends thing on the top of my Batman comics and my detective comics comics. And so, um, so I think like Batman 401 is, I guess, technically the first chapter and that's the one with magpie in it where it's like, it's just kind of a straightforward jewelry heist with magpie, but it's when you first see, uh, Godfrey kind of talking smack about heroes at one of Bruce Wayne's events. Um, so anyway, I I read that. I didn't buy the Legends comics until like a couple of months later. Seven Eleven had a banged up copy of like number one and like number three with Mount Rushmore cover, mm-hmm. and I just said, "Ooh, you know." Uh, I didn't realize because I've been reading FF too. So I said I picked those up, and I read one and I read three like a couple of months after the event started, and I didn't get the other issues for like two or three years. Like I couldn't, they, I just couldn't find them, you know. And so it was always on my radar as something that I wanted to circle back and read. But you know, when you're an eight-year-old kid, you know, you just get a couple that look awesome, and you know, especially the Mount Rushmore cover. I was like, I had to have it, and they had number <laughs> one, and they were they were beat up because they were just on the spinner rack for a couple months after. And so, mm-hmm. um, the thing that I so I loved Legends, but I didn't even really know. I just like the art. And the thing that it did most for me is uh, the Flash spun out of it, and that was one of the three or four main books I was getting. That came out, I think, next summer. I think it came out in the summer of '87 when Mike Barron and Butch Geis were drawing Geis, yeah. initially uh, that, and then um, and then my Justice League, which is you know ha ha Justice League, and so. Like I at the time, as as a youngster, I didn't even know about Detroit Justice League. I didn't know. You're lucky. I didn't know any of that. All I knew was that Darkseid looked awesome, 
And <laughs> I knew that Kirby created them because I liked Fantastic Four, but I never read a Dark Side comic ever. So the first time I ever saw Dark Side in my life was him playing with dolls of the Justice League and like cracking them and saying, It's on, Phantom Stranger. You want to bet? Let's bet. I, I, I got this. <laughs> and then like- that was the first. And then he's talking about humiliation and like, just like, yeah, like I'll just send a couple of lackeys out and just cause mass <laughs> havoc on the earth. Like, that's all I remember is that Dark Side was such a player that he could just like, on a whim, just like start messing with an entire planet and uh so that's all like that that's so the 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 art was awesome but at the time it really wasn't anything other than a couple of awesome comic books and actually remember it more for spinning out the books i read after it and that's one thing i noticed is as far as like because it's really what it was like looking back at it and having reread it a couple of times in the last 20 years it was really like a spin-off event like it it was so clearly meant to spin off the new jla and the flash and all and suicide squad which i still have not read to this day i still Ooh. not read ostrander suicide squad yeah, I, I got man i got a yeah, pile of stuff to read man yeah, yeah, i know yeah, man that book is great so, but, but so I mean, I'm thinking about how successful it was as an event. We talk about how successful events are now. That launched the Flash series. Think about mm-hmm. that 200, what, 254 issue or uh, Flash. It launched Suicide Squad. It, la- it launched probably my favorite JLA series ever. Um, and then some other stuff, which was pretty forgettable. But, I mean, that's pretty successful. Yeah. So, I think it has a place not only in an, as an awesome story, and fantastic art by Byrne at his peak, but um, it did a pretty good job launching some. I mean, it's not like it launched them, I and those those series would have taken place anyway. But um, I think it probably got a lot of readers and a lot of eyes on on all of those series. So, so yeah, man, I, I like it. But you know, Julian's probably the same way. He's probably if he was reading it at the time, no, <laughs> you know, no. he, he, you know, he was probably my age or even a little bit younger. But you know. You can't stop a kid from looking at that beautiful Mount Rushmore cover and not buy it. Oh no, you no. know that's some like Saturday morning cartoon stuff right there. Mm-hmm. You know when you when you see a cover like that, like I, like the first issue, the first the cover for the first issue alone is what like got me. But I, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, I'm going. I'm let Julian speak on it, and then I'm let Martha speak on it, and then I'll come back around. So Julian, the floor is yours. All right. See, I didn't. I wasn't even a big DC person when I was a kid. I wasn't even a big comic book when I was little. I was the only I knew about Batman. That was about it. Um, I didn't find out about Legends until DC came out with their first trading card set. Remember they had to say you know all the heroes, oh yeah, villains, and and you know they had they had the cards talking about certain events. So you know you get to the back of Legends, I was like, oh, what's Legends thing? And you know you got Blue Beetle on there. You got my man Captain Marvel. You know all the stuff. And I read the back. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And, you know, basically, I didn't even see Legends. Like, I knew what Legends was about. I knew what Legends fit into place. But I didn't read Legends, leave part of Legends till like, you, Sean, sent me, like, the issues in the mail. And I started That's reading them. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so, like, I started reading it, and then, like, I got behind. And then, like, King Dab started promoting the heck out of the comics I was you sell. And then you guys started talking on Twitter. And I was like, man, I need to get on reading on this. Because then you're talking about putting the show together. It's like, oh, I really need to get on reading on this. Yo, I read Legends for the first time an hour and a half ago. Really? On Saturday, on Saturday, I saw Julian. He says, yeah, I got to find my issues, man. I'm like, I'm like dude, it's Saturday. You're, you're in New York. You're not even home. You know we're talking Monday night, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I got I to find him. I, I'll find him. 
<laughs> so, like, so far it was pretty good. Like, I like the fact that, okay, reading it now and the fact that it continually goes over the fact that, like, Billy Bassett thought he killed some <laughs> giant dude over and over again. Like, how that is, like, the most important event. Like, like it's like, yo, Dark Side broke the will of a child. That's, like, that's a big level shit, yo. <laughs> like, like, he broke a child and he's bad happy about it all the time. The only time I've seen Dark Side smile, like, yo, I broke you, son. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm like, wow, they keep showing it. Like, yo, fan of Stranger, all that bullshit you talking, son. Uh, look, look at Billy Bassett in the corner in the, in the alleyway with the riot going on. He's crying. He cried. Little, little girl, dad, it's throwing a Superman doll in the fire. Then he got a red eye. He got PTSD. He's just, yo. Like, wow. It's, uh, like, it was good. And I like, I was thinking about it because because like current like events now. It's kind of doing what this was doing back then, but at the end of this, I'm totally fulfilled to say, "Oh, maybe I should go read that old Wonder Woman comic that when George Perez started." Yeah. Let me go first issues of Justice League. Let me go read all these books because it actually succeeded, in make you want to read stuff. Uh-huh. Whereas now, I don't know what they're doing. They need to go break this joint down because these guys make all these events that's like eighty thousand issues long, four dollars a pop. They trying mm-hmm. to do that, but then it just seems like they ruin characters and make you not want to read any of their books for like a year. So, <laughs> how can you not want to read Suicide Squad after seeing Rick Flag and Amanda Waller in Go this at it. series? Yeah. How can I, you not? Not just my man Floyd Lawton with the sniper rifles. He the ice my man Digger because he about to uh-huh. go. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. I'm out, man. Yeah, and, and Bronze Tiger. I mean, you had and and Enchantress. It's like, well, who the hell ever remembered June Moon after this series? It, yeah. There are just things going on. And the, what's funny is, I don't know if Byrne was just like, no, fuck it, this is the way I'm drawing him. But he, but he's the only one I know. I'll have to go back and look at that Tom Mandrake drawing Power of Shazam. But Captain Marvel's tunic, his shirt, he, he's missing that little. Star Trek button that that uh, that 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 Alex Ross painted in 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 Kingdom Come and everything. It's just like it's a straight up like like just spandex shirt. There's there's no little little uh, oh yeah, yeah. Over, yeah over the chest. So yeah. uh, so there were tweaks like that. And I'm I'm trying to find out if um, if maybe they thought it was time for uh, for Gar Logan if they if if Changeling was was meant to go to the big time or if they just figured you know what let's let's just throw a Titan. In this story, they already had think, one. Yeah, this was this was the first time. Yeah, this was the first time. That's what I was going to say too. This is the first time that um, Changeling was actually brought to the forefront of the entire DC universe because he's like, you know, he's up there on the Mount Rushmore cover. He's like, he's right, one of the four. Right. Yeah, that, that tripped me out. That was kind of cool because I was liking Teen Titans at the time too. So right. I was like, I was tripping off that. It, so. it 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 gets me. It gets me because like I'm sitting there like looking at it and going back through it. Well, because yeah, they called him. And that's a whole other thing too. Like I'm, I still call him Changeling. I can't, I can't call him Beast Boy. Yeah, oh, yeah no, yeah. Yeah, he's Changeling to me. Changeling. I know he's Beast Boy. Beast Boy <laughs> way back in the day, he was Beast Boy when Jeff Johns started working on on New Titans and and but he's he's Changeling. Changeling. It's, it's Wolfman and Perez. That's even, to me that that's the creator. I mean, yeah. even though yeah, I know he's a Doom Patrol spinoff, but it's like he's he's a 
Perez Wolfman new Teen Titans character, just like Raven, just like Cyborg, just like Starfire. That's them. Yeah, that's right. He was one of the two most forced people on the miniseries. Cosmic Boy and Changeling just seemed even Black Canary and Blue Beetle. I mean, it was obvious why they were in the book. But like, what would Cosmic Boy do after this? Did he have like a that's miniseries? Uh, yes, he had. He had the four mm-hmm. miniseries. Yeah, well, right. It was awful. The uh, the cup. <laughs> I don't know if it was awful. <laughs> I, it, was, it was okay. Chris slammed him. Like no. Uh, it was. Yeah, I'm just trying to stay positive. The the uh, the Cosmic Boy mini was the only one that where all the other tie-ins actually said in the chapter on on, on the cover and the banner it, it said you know legends crossover chapter whatever mm-hmm. the yeah. cosmic boy mini actually said spinoff yes. chapter so it's not even like it was it was it was in the periphery but it wasn't you didn't have to keep and that's the thing he's like cosmic boy he was in like the first two issues of legends and then disappeared same thing with firestorm it's like it's like you had mm-hmm. characters that were in the first half of legends and then you had people like black canary and blue beetle who were in like the last half right mm-hmm. oh yeah Let's move to Martheus and, and get and get his take on it. Your turn, play. Man, this this book it actually it holds a very special place for me because this is the first time that I can remember that I actually got into continuity in a comic book. Um, because beforehand, you know, I was just like you know everybody else said. I I thought I got sporadic issues. You know, whenever I could find them, and if you were going to like Spinarex, man, you'd be hard pressed to find. <laughs> you know, a, a issue consecutively of, of a comic book. You know what I'm saying? You just can't find it. You just couldn't find it. This is the only series that I actually sought out when it first came out um, to get every issue when it came out um, um, in, in order uh, of, the, of, the, of the actual six-part miniseries. Now, the tie-ins, all right, whatever. I, I, there's no way I was going to do that. <laughs> Fuck that. You know, I ended up getting I just I just stuck to the six part, you know, miniseries. And, um, you know, when for me, this is also the equivalent of um, Flashpoint and the new 52 Justice League uh, for Crisis and Legends. So, you know, for me, Legends was almost like my my new 52 Justice League to Flash to Crisis and Flashpoint. Um, so a lot of these characters were my first time as opposed to like, you know, Batman, Flash, Wonder Woman, Superman, um, and Changeling because of the Teen Titans. A lot of these other cats like, uh, Dr. Fate and I knew him from like superpowers and I had the toy, but I didn't know who the hell Dr. Fate really was. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, I knew who, um, Captain Marvel was, but at the time I didn't call him Captain Marvel, I called him like Shazam. Mm. Um, I knew who he was just because of the cartoon. Uh, Guy Gardner, I didn't know who the hell he was, man. I was, I was, <laughs> I was lost as hell. I was like, I thought he was, <laughs> thought this guy was had a mask on, but um, and um, Blue Beetle, I didn't know who he who he was, and Black Canary, I kind of knew a little bit because of the superpowers toy, but I didn't know exactly who she was. So I mean, it was pretty pretty new to me i mean all this stuff was pretty new going back and looking at this now there are so many correlations between the new 52 
Justice League and how they actually tried to in that first what what was it six six issue miniseries that they they had Dark Side in and all that kind of stuff yeah, yeah that they tried to harken back to Legends and I really feel that they they were really looking at Legends trying to be able to pull that stuff together and try to have that same type of feel um, the reasons uh, especially how they they played up Green Lantern in this uh, and 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 Green uh, Guy Gardner really feels like how jordan felt kind of like that assholey type of guy you know what i mean and in the new 52 stuff um uh, the inclusion of dark side being the major bad guy even though you know dark side didn't get his hands dirty at all in uh legends which made him 10 times cooler you yes. know in legends than he than now because he was just a master manipulator and i always lo- loved those but- type of evil bad guys I, I don't. Want, I don't want you to lose your train of thought. No, as 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 badass as Darkseid is, and we all agree that yeah, he he is a badass. How mm-hmm. how badass are you? How how much of a mastermind are you when you have your when when the guy who you have is is G Gordon Godfrey, is Glorious Godfrey, is is right. the side who goes to take care of Warlord's mm-hmm. land, and and right. and you have um and well okay well dr bedlam he 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 was macro man who who uh who billy bats and shazam murdered but right it's like you couldn't have you you couldn't have maybe some some decent soldiers in your army <laughs> <laughs> like calabac was taking the week off you really want to nah they ain't deserve that's the thing he was like yo yo phantom stranger you you your peoples is all good i ain't gonna send in the i ain't even gonna send in the the, the 96 bulls i'm sending in the i'm the sending 2000, the 2000 i'm sending Denver in the ginger i'm sending See, in I the like, senators i, I like godfrey though Oh, I, I did too. Him. No, don't I don't I don't I liked, yeah. him. I liked him because because of the fact that he was not a super powerful oh I'm finna go and kick Superman's ass type of dude. He, he was, just he went was, in there and just talked shit and people were just like, Let's listen to this dude. Superman an asshole, let's go get him. They beat the crap out of Robin because of what I love that. I love that. <laughs> because it was Jason fucking Todd. I love that. I, that's so bad. Awesome. Hey, we found Robin. He ain't doing so he's good. Like, no, he's, he's, breathing, he's breathing out his kneecap. He'll be all right. See, see, that's why he got mad and started pushing people downstairs in buildings. We don't have bullshit. People be hating on that real thugonomics right there. He's like, I'm gonna hobble out of this out of this hospital room and, and join and join up with the kids. And oh, dude. Yeah. Because people got to realize, though, like, well, what else was coming out right now, right? Year one was coming out this exact yep. same fall, right? Mm-hmm. And then after that came out and you started getting, well, the Max Allen Collins Batman, right? That's when you started getting Jason Todd dropping some bitch off the roof or yeah, no, off the balcony. Yeah, that Columbia, yeah. the Columbia guy with the <laughs> diplomatic community. It's like, it he was- fell. It's like, uh-huh. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'd do, do that too if I got beat up by everybody like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fuck them drug motherfuckers. Die. Racing <laughs> 2.0 light. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man. So, but, but um, even like, even like, if you're going to go back to as far as like the new stuff that's coming out with the relationship between Superman and Wonder Woman, right? The relationship with Superman and Wonder Woman, or the 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 romanticism between that came from le- Legends. Because Legends is where Superman first recognized who Wonder Woman was because she jumped on the scene, did her thing, and then bounced, right? And he was – after after that, Byrne and uh, Perez did this 
whole story arc where she was having dreams about Superman and Superman was having having dreams about her and then they Clark Kent arranged this meeting between her publicist because she got a publicist in her book uh, of Superman and, and Wonder Woman and then in issue in Action Comics six hundred they all they went out on a date and then they fought Dark Side again. I was like, See, that's some cool stuff. That's some cool stuff. And you go back and you look at that stuff right now, man, that's all the same stuff from Legends. It's mm-hmm. everything come from Legends, dude. This 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 book, I was going to say this movie. It should make a movie. <laughs> this book This should be epic. this should be a DC animated feature. Yes. Yes. Yes, it should be, yeah, man, because it's epic, man. It's epic and it, it it bumps off, it jumps off a whole bunch of stuff. And people sleep on it. Everybody's like, no, yeah. Legends. What was Legends? It's like it's like you're talking about Millennium or Invasion. It's like, yeah. wait, what? what the hell was Legends? <laughs> I never heard of that. It's like, you mean Legends of the DC Universe? Or you mean, it's like, no, just Legends. Just that's it. Simple title. Boom. John Byrne. When the hell did John Byrne? Oh, really? I got to go through all this now? Yeah, I got time. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like you try to school the kids, man, and it's just like it hurts your heart sometimes. It just it hurts, you know. Oh man, and see that's the whole other thing too. I don't like it when people try to like lump Millennium and Invasion in with Legends. I'm like, look, you give Legends some respect, all right? Yeah, that's not the same thing, man. You know, we ain't talking about Genesis, all right? We talking about Legends. Be respectful. I I really wanted to like Genesis too, and it was awful. <laughs> I think you're on your own with that one, dude. <laughs> I think you're on your own. No, man, because see, because like it's, it's, it's it all it all kind of fits. Because see, with me, Legends, this was really my first like foray hardcore into DC Comics because I had sporadically got DC books in the '80s, sporadically. But the funny thing is, I would go buy a Marvel book in the heartbeat, or or like you know, like independent books, like uh, like say for instance stuff like um, this may have been a couple years later, but like Boris the Bear and all this other stuff. Oh yeah. Um, but DC stuff, I wouldn't buy it on the shelf. But if they had a cartoon, I'd watch it. It didn't, and it didn't matter what incarnation, um, like the old Filmation stuff, or the you know Challenge of the Super Friends, Super Friends, then um, Galactic Guardians, the Superpowers team. That was that was like great to me. And and the thing is, I was watching all those Super Friends cartoons and then the Galactic Guardian Superpowers show or whatever, and DC actually came out with three separate Superpowers miniseries. Now, granted, they were just trying to sell the toy line, but I'm thinking Challenge of the Super Friends. And, and one of the miniseries was done by Jack Kirby. It was written by Jack and drawn by Jack. And at that time, in like, I think, 84, 85... I knew who Jack Kirby was by then. Like I'm going on like 10 years old and I'm like, okay, I know who the hell Jack Kirby is. I need to get this. And it was the craziest batshit story I ever, you know, I ever read. And I was like, this is amazing. This makes absolutely no sense, but it's awesome. So, and I just really got into it. And that was the first time I really knew who Darkseid was outside of the cartoon. He sounded like, you know, because the cartoon, he sounded like, like Suge Knight with like, you know, like a bad, you know, like that needed a throat lozenge. You know what I'm saying? talking about right talking about You know, because he was straight, he was just straight gully on the cartoon. So then, like, some time passes, Legends comes out, and I'm like, Legends? I'm like, okay, that's that dark side dude. I remember that from that Superpowers book. I'm like, but no, man, they can't touch that Jack Kirby stuff. And then when I open up that first page, I'm like, wait a minute, this is John Byrne. And then after that, like, my mind was just completely blown. And I started... Like like Martheus, I just went straight six issues. I you know I didn't fool with the crossovers yet, 
And then I remembered as soon as this miniseries was done, and this is right around the same time, I actually had a comic book shop I could go to. I went Ooh. back and I started going to get a lot of the crossovers and spinoffs because I went back and I copped that Cosmic Boy miniseries when you could get all four issues for like $2 at your comic book shop. Yep. You yep. know, yeah, shoot, mm-hmm. that, that was... Yeah, because like, this was this was cover price 75 cents. Yes. Yes. And like, and then this when comic book stores was like, look, we need to get these books the hell out the store. Yep. So, um, yeah, we'll give you all four issues for $2 and, and all, the, on all these other things. And it's just... But the thing that captivated me the most was, and we've all said it, the art. To me, this is, like I said before, this is the John Byrne book. This mm-hmm. is it. Nothing tops this. Absolutely nothing. This, this to me, has some of the most beautiful, like, you know, poses, um, you know, or uh, poses, frames, um, you know, like, you know, nice full page shots. And there's um, background. Background, yes. There's, there's, there's backgrounds. There's nothing, nothing looks rushed. Nothing look, look, there, there doesn't look like he took any shortcuts. Because uh, you can go back and look through the Fantastic Four stuff, and there are times where it's like, you know, he might not feel like finishing Susie's hair or something right. like that. And it's like, or I'm giving her a haircut just because I hate drawing her this way. And there's just, he... He really, because he wasn't writing this, because he, he, he didn't, you know, he wasn't working with Claremont. He didn't, he, I, I think he was reined in and he had, he had a, um, with Fantastic Four, he was able to manipulate that and reshape it the way he wanted. I mean, it was, it, for, as far as I was concerned, Fantastic Four was his baby for, mm-hmm. for a long time. So he had that here. He had to work with, with other creators, with characters that have a history long before he was born and and he just you know i'm here to do this story and and i another reason why i probably was so into legends is because after man of steel this when legends was coming out and and dude you know when the dude works the dude works because he this was right when right when he was launching the three superman books and he and while he only wrote and penciled two of them, and 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 he plotted uh, Adventures of Superman with Wolfman, who, who and Ordway did the art on that. But this was right around when when Action and Superman, I think, like it was like maybe Superman issue number three or something. So he had just started relaunching the Superman books. So I mean, he was, and and he didn't, you know what? And and Superman wasn't the the lead figure in Legends. I mean, if mm-hmm. if this was if Marvel. Or even if DC had said, you know what, John, go ahead and, and, and do your thing. He may have tied it more into the Superman books. He may have made Superman more of a central character. And But this was this was just this was a perfect little frozen snapshot moment in time. And I, I think between between the writing and Burns art, it just it it I don't I don't like to say the term or the phrase underrated because what's underrated to, to one person, it just might mean that, that someone else didn't read it or they didn't care for it. Just because it's not talked about may not mean it's underrated. But this is one of those things where when, when you look at at Crisis and some of the other events... And DC had, had a long line of events where after Crisis, you had this. You had like, you know, a few years later, you had Final Night. And 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 you had Armageddon, and, and there were little things like zero hour. Where it was like, oh, it it may have been a big deal, but it it didn't feel like a big deal when it was done. Right. Mm-hmm. This this still had. I mean, I, I'm reading it now, and it, and it's still I, I still have some weight to it. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Plus he made plus he made President Reagan look cool. <laughs> anybody can can draw President Reagan and he can look cool and it, it, I was like, dude, you got you got some you got some uh you got some skills. Yeah. One thing was, that did the the uh the detective comics crossover that, that was penciled by um the art was by Klaus Ranson. It was by Klaus, yeah. Godfrey looked like a uh a fat 1940s gangster. It, it's like Klaus was like, oh, wait. He looked nothing like the, the Godfrey that's in any of the other books. I'm like, oh, it's like, it's like this, this could have been another just type of Batman story. Oh, yeah, that, the, the art on Klaus is my boy, but the artwork looked very rushed on that, uh, that Detective Comics issue. I'm not, I'm not sure. They've been like an inventory issue, and they tied it, and they just re reworked it to tie into Legends. I don't know if they if they were rushed for time because, like you said, Chris, it's like you had you had Batman 401, which brought Magpie back, so Burn could do the cover, so he could tie it in that one appearance that she had in Man of Steel, and then you had a couple of issues here and there, and then you had Year One, and and it's like so Batman was kind of not much was going on. In, in his universe, so I don't know. I'd really have to go back and read some of the Batman issues. It felt like, it issue. felt it felt kind of because then they also do the they they did the Joker issues right after that, right? They um, the Joker issues where he uh, like um, brainwashes Catwoman and stuff. I felt like it was just a, I felt like this was a kind of an inventory issue. They're like spreading and water just for a little bit. Yeah, for a little bit, which makes sense. But yeah, uh, yeah. It was not Klaus's strongest outing, but no. um, that was the official, what, Chapter 2? So technically Chapter yes. 1 and Chapter 2 were the Batman books, yeah. and then it went right. Which was funny, right? Because in, in both 1 and 2, you have scenes with Godfrey talking And Trevor Von right? Trevor Von Eden did very good work. But yes. you know who did the splash? You know who did the uh, first page splash in Batman 401? Ooh. Is Boland, Brian Boland. You'll know. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was almost like it was a pinup. It was like a pinup, yeah. It was like a pinup, but it was at the beginning of the book. So. Off. Yeah, it's like it's like someone fell asleep. It, yeah. it was very. It was much. Trevor Vanin's work when he inks himself looks very much like 1940s Batman comics, like very I scratchy. Agree what? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It, yeah, it, very scratchy, and, very. Because uh, his composition is great, but it's very workmanlike, and it kind of, it kind of makes it. Um, <clears throat> kind of makes it look very 40s-ish. It's, but I love it. It was good. But So in that one, Godfrey's there. In Detective Comics, Godfrey's there too. But then when you pick it up with Legends, um, Godfrey and whoever else it was, they, um, it, it seems like Godfrey hasn't been on Earth for a while. Because he says, oh, I love Earth. Let's go. But it's like, dude, according to the DC just, official reading list, you, you were just there talking smack in the first two issues, and now you're acting like you're going to go now. So it's almost yeah. kind of, I, I don't think it should be, I don't know, the, the timing doesn't work out so well. You know what I mean? Like, has God been on Earth or has he not been on Earth? But it doesn't really matter. It's, it's, got, it's got its hang-ups here and there. But the one, th the whole other thing is also, and I, I got to give these cats credit, um, because you, the artwork is beautiful, but um, Tom uh, uh, Zucchio, uh, Zucchio and uh, Carl uh, Gafford, the colorist, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yo, they did a great job on this because here's the thing. I have a copy of the trade paperback, um, and this was from uh, 1980 something. 
and this is in cement condition. Um, hold on, yeah, this was a, yeah, no, I'm sorry, not 19, this was a 1993 printing, and the colors to this day look wonderful. Um, because like some some books, you know, some of the books from the '80s when they were colored, yeah, they, they went back in and remastered them. But some they didn't. And when you go go back and look at them, they don't look that great. But the colors, mm. the color palette, and the color choices, especially to describe mood and tone, especially when uh, when Godfrey's talking, it really sets mm-hmm. the mood. It truly sets the the mood, and um, oh, it's it's beautiful. So I mean, because like, the colorist had just as much to do with it as Byrne and Kessel did. Yeah. And you know, mm-hmm. I got to give them credit where credits due. Let's uh, get into the series while we still got some time left. Best, the best panel is the black and white panel, though. It's page 11, the very top page, when Billy Bats is interviewing Godfrey, and it just they have a blackout, and they invert the color. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. instead of being black, it's, it's everything is it's, it's it's perfect. It's like it's, it doesn't make any sense. It seems like it's bright, but yet mm-hmm. because everyone is a black silhouette, it actually you you believe that they're in a blackout, even though all the backgrounds just pure white. It's really good, really good panel. That's all I'm saying. Oh no, no, no doubt. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's it. And then on that same page, the lower the, the last panel is Godfrey with his fucking cheese shit eating grin. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and the and the color is another thing, the most intense scene in the whole series, in my opinion, the most kind of it's almost it's off puttingly kind of hardcore is uh and they use color very well there is when the two cops are fighting and one shoots the other cop. Oh yes. Yeah. They use the color to like slowly go from like yellow to orange to red kind of like to denote his his anger. Uh that's kind of a hardcore scene, man, cuz it's like he shoots his buddy and like yeah. in like within one page is blaming the superheroes for him shooting and killing yeah. his partner and they use color very well there too. The yes. simple flat color and not only that, but to have a limited series in the first issue, you introduce two new villains, two new villains, uh, Macro Man and Brimstone. And Brimstone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gigantic, merciless type type. I type love villains. Brimstone's look. Brimstone yeah. is a force, dog. That's all I, I got to say. that look. Yeah. That Dwayne look. McDuffie brought him back. Yo, the look, the look, the design, everything for Brimstone is just fantastic. And, and when I first saw that, I was like, that's a villain, you know what I'm saying? When you see Firestorm, and this is like a, a panel where Firestorm like swoops to the side, and he's looking like, "Who the fuck is that?" You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That panel is awesome because it's like the sco- the scope of it is so great. But no, like, and also in the first issue, you get that um that double page um shot of the Justice League of America. Dude, I was mm-hmm. okay. I'm looking at it right now, and and I'm I'm thinking to myself, it's as as I'm. A, big Chuck Patton fan. I'm a big Luke McDonald fan. And it took towards the last four issues of the Justice League of America series, John Byrne in one two-page spread... Finally, someone made this Justice League look badass. Even with Vibe yeah. on the team in his best yeah. hero-looking North Star-type pose, as I'm fabulous, and it's just, he... It real, I mean, between Steel, Martian Manhunter looks like a badass. Yes. It, it's an awesome panel. This was this was the panel that made me go get this book, and then when I got it, I'm like, "What do you mean they're killing them off? Yeah, <laughs> what, what do you mean this book's getting canceled? Yeah, and I mean, I was mad. Thank and God, I, I, <laughs> yeah, oh come <laughs> on, man. 
Come on, son. Man, I I have never ever. I'm just kidding, man. I've never ever read an issue of Justice League America with this lineup in Yo, my life. I love JLA Detroit. I loved it. Never. The first, the first four, actually the first, first five, because they, the the annual, I think annual two is where they they officially were were introduced, and then you had the first four issues. If I can find them, Chris, they're yours. They, uh, it's it's the the new team moving to Detroit, going up against the uh, the Citadel, and it's the art is great because Chuck Patton is great, but it's it's it gets you into who these uh, who these characters are, and Zatan is in it. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's good stuff, man. It it is. It's really good stuff. And like toward the end, it gets it gets dark. It does. It gets yeah. it gets real dark. I was just like, damn. Yeah, man. It, it it was it was great. It it was. By the way, great. by the way, Brimstone. I see Brimstone, man. All I think of is Walt Simonson, man. Oh, do Surter. It's like yeah. Well, just like just like the look. It's like he looks like he should be drawn by Walt Simonson. And like, there's a couple pages where it's like really clean drawing of him. It's like man, that ain't messy enough, man. You gotta mess that mess that shit up. It's like he needs to be a little more like ashes and shit falling off him. He's not like us. <laughs> it's like Sean was saying with the coloring. It, it's I think I think Burn and and Castle just gave the colorist enough room to do their magic. You didn't you didn't need to if Jim Lee drew drew brimstone it'd be you know he'd have pecs and his cross hatching would be all over and it just you didn't yeah. you don't need that for this character he's no. just he's a huge big behemoth taking on mount rushmore and it's it's just you big open spaces the coloring works the the, the yeah. look of the character i mean it's, it's almost he's perfect for animation but it's it's a great look Here's my question. I got a question real quick. Uh, because I wasn't a blockbuster fan. Who was? When he was. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just saying, when he died he in this, when did they bring him back? Because By then the they way. bring him back later on, like it's something he gets burned. He gets burned to a crisp here. That's yeah. yeah they, they clone him. The main, the, the more famous modern blockbuster was his brother or something. Oh, okay. The one who fights Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson's greatest villain is, is his Right. Brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was okay, man, in that series. He, like, he like, wised up and became like a mob boss. Oh, oh in Bloodhaven? There's somewhere else. Yeah, well, in Bloodhaven, yeah. That was in Bloodhaven. Okay. okay yeah. It was in Bloodhaven. That's yeah. it. That was during. Yeah, that's where he was. Then they did that crazy thing with Devin Grayson and yeah. right, yeah. Like the first fifteen yeah. issues, he showed up. No, yeah, the end of issue one, and then to me this was this was striking to me as a kid, and it still gets me now. After uh, Shazam, you know, supposedly kills Macro Man, and they got that panel of uh, Macro Man's charred, charred hand. That's awesome panel. No, but no, but like the look on Billy Batson's face, like the next to last panel, Billy Batson looks like uh, Nino Brown after he shot G Money in New Jack oh, City. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, he didn't broke him, son. And, and he was just like, Captain Marvel's responsible for the death of Macro Man. And like, it takes off running, and like that panel, and the next panel, it's got like this ghost image of Dark side laughing, laughing. But, his, yes. but, his teeth, but his teeth are outlined. Yes, yes, it's it's, yes. Like, it's like the ultimate bully moment. You said, bro, you said, you said, yo, man, yo, and then like it, it ends, it just says, you know, first blood to dark side, and it's like, next things get worse. I'm like, yeah, 
How many more kids are you going to make cry? Are you going to burn down an orphanage? <laughs> Things get worse. Oh, oh they beat the, the how they got worse? The, a mob beat the shit out of Robin, man. That's how they got worse. Yeah, man. How can perfume knock out Bruce? That's 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 ridiculous. Not, yeah, was, that's what they're tipping that's, over okay. the fucking Batmobile in the background. No, that's what happened not, to Tim Burton Batman with like the anti crowd control shit? You know, like yeah. no. well, that was the one that, they Tim got. Burton Batman was uh was, was a DJ in the Batmobile scratching his CDs when Oswald was talking. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. I want DJ Bats. Yeah, nah, I let, I let that ride because you know what I'm saying it was the whole bottle of perfume. So that means it was some glass might have been in that. You know what I'm saying? Like that probably hurt. You know what I'm saying? I like how Jim Gordon was like, "Nah, son, let me, yo, you go sit on the side. My cops got. Oh, trust them cops with my kids." But yeah. <laughs> so Batman so learned from his mistakes because in the sixth issue, Kenny's shooting at him and he goes, "He's not human." And Batman flaps his cape and he says, "That's right, yeah. I'm not." And it's like, oh, all right, so as long as it's not perfume, I'm okay. <laughs> you should put them. Just don't be throwing Chanel. Well, that last panel, that last panel on channel, um, on channel. Damn, man, I got TV and movies on my damn brain. That last panel on page fourteen, man, where he uh got his eyes closed like he's gonna cry. And that's it. that's the thing. So you actually see flesh color under his yeah. cap because yeah. because Burn has to show you that his eyes are closed and he's grimacing. Right. right. Yeah, right. yeah. It was and, dope. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was tough. Jim and, Gordon driving him home. Come on, yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I'll take you home. Take you home. You can't see. They turned over your car, man. <laughs> that's an Alfred moment from Dark Knight Rises. He said, "That's all right. It takes a little while for you to get back into the swing of things." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love I love Burns Blue Beetle. Um, I like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, yeah. It's guy's got the best anti-crowd control measure. He's got the octo punch. It's like, oh yeah, he's like, it will back the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Yo, God, guys, I ha- oh, what? Oh, I ain't having that. Pong, get the fuck out of my face. I'm a green. I'm a cop. I'm the space cop. Back up. All oh, you in jail? <laughs> no, and what, what got me was was also like in the second issue, like when after a guy Gardner, you know, pushes everybody back, and they cut to uh, the Titans Tower for a second, and that last panel, like on page twenty, that last panel, they talk about uh, Professor I, like Professor Ivo shows up for no reason. Unless yeah. you read Justice League of America, exactly, <laughs> exactly, and. Well, so, cause, so then when issue three comes up, I'm like, where's Ivo? Where's Ivo again? Where's Ivo? And like, and, 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 I was, and I was at the comic book shop and dude was like, yo, you got to get this Justice League series. I was like, but, I was like, but they killed somebody and I don't want to get another one. <laughs> he was and, then, like, and then if you read the third issue where they send for the Suicide Squad and then, and then you're back at Titan's Tower and then it's Sarge Steel and his clenched iron fist. And it's like, wait, I, I'm just, but where'd he come from? <laughs> no, tell me this, man. Okay, there's. I think it's like the first page of issue three or four. There's like people picketing outside Titan's the Titan's Tower. Tower. Yeah. That Isn't that need, shit on an island? Yes, you need you need your special little. Uh, you, you need a special key card to get to take the raft to <laughs> the island. An island, and there's like a hundred people surrounding it. Dude, dude. Man, they swam. They swam over dude. there. They were just that mad, man. They just they swam. were on, they were on the, shore. the island for protesting. <laughs> Yo, never, never fucking deal. Never like, yo, New Yorkers a gully. 80s, 80s New Yorkers, nah, man. Ain't no little bit of water stopping them from getting over the. Met- nah, man. Remember, they was, yo, you see New York in the 80s? Nah, son, that shit was tough. 
This is P. Giuliani. It was was it Koch was the was the freaking mayor? Nah, son. They ran up on Teen Titans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what freaked me out about the fourth, the, the third issue. It was you had two comics going on because you had you had the top top three quarters of the page was the ongoing story, and then the bottom panel on each page was Dark Side talking to the yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Oh, Burn does that shit, dude. Like I as a as a kid, I, like it blew my mind because I didn't get that until like the fourth time I read it. <laughs> Page eight. Why? Why? I'm just I'm noticing sorry. that now. Hey, that's, that's all right. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm gonna bite that for some. Like, except for the last page where you got some Kirby shit going on with the Warhounds. That is so beautiful. <laughs> Chris can go to sleep with it. Hey, I got I got to bring this up before I forget. On page twenty, on page twenty seven. On the sixth issue, am I the only person that notices that Guy Gardner is giving them a green finger? <laughs> hey, hey, y'all, have y'all noticed that he's giving them a finger, but with a power with his power ring? I remember in issue six, right? yeah, issue six, in issue one, the brother geek, brother oh, geek. He, he kind of, yeah, he kind of yeah, is. is, he kind of is. Like it, he's saying. He's saying the hell there, you know, there is, you know, Superman's talking about, yeah, oh, bygones, yeah, bygones, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I bet you Burn probably threw that in there. But then on the next page, he's the Blue Lantern. Yeah, because the because his color's blue, yeah. 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 <laughs> All that talk, we were talking about the colorist, and then, no. Yo, yo, man, that was the printer. They ran out of, they ran out of blue ink on that That's panel. Right. They, they had to, oh, they wow. all on Changeling and Martian Manhunt. They had no more left. Yeah, they, nah, see, this is a different inker. We don't know. It's different. Yeah, that was that was Dennis. It Janky. was a different inker. It was. Yeah, the last the last ten pages are uh, Dennis Janky, something like that. What were you about to say, Julian? <clears throat> nah, that is the secret panel clue that Jeff Johns used to take to make up the whole Blue Lantern Corps. You know, because <laughs> all that stuff you just took it from random shit from random eighties comic books. You know, <laughs> it was that one panel that got God to show hope for the future. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Jones rolled a 20 die, looked at his wall, said, all right, so I'm going to, whatever I land on, that's the box I'm going to pull, eighth comic back, second page, third panel, and that's that's the color of the next Lantern Corp. No. <laughs> see, you know, but see, this, what gets me, because we, you know, we're in issue three right now, but see, we forgot to mention, at the end of issue two, it ended on a downer, because the cops were picking up Robin out of the rubble. Out of the oh, rubble. Yeah. And it was, yeah. they was like, better call the commissioner and tell him we found Robin. Robin, at least what's left, left of him. Left of him. Yeah. And, and then, yes. And, and then the panel, and then, then like it has like there's a, a caption like, and that is the sound of the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> no, it isn't. It's not the end of my world. I know that. Like I'm glad Jason Todd got his ass with <laughs> right there next to a garbage can. There you go. It's like they missed. It's like they aimed for. Oh, all right, the paper toss. No, Yo. you know what though? Seriously though, at the time though, for me, I didn't know a diff. I mean, I knew that there that this Robin was different from Dick Grayson, but I didn't know how different. I didn't understand that this guy was like. Like the 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 anti Robin, pretty much the the asshole. You know what I'm saying? So was, he was he, asshole, you know, yeah. he wasn't. So, he, well, see, wasn't, that's the, yeah. that's the thing. So when this panel, for me, in my 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 brain, when I'm little, I'm looking at this man. That blew my mind. I'm just like, how how the hell can they beat beat Robin? That's 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 Wally G Batman. That's, that's the good part of. That's the good part of the DC universe. Actually, if, if you're reading this in 1986, then you know your local TV station is airing the hell out of Batman episodes. And you're not yeah. going to watch the Burt Ward Robin and be like, holy shnicky. 
and then and then you turn and you and and you decide to read legends and you're like they picking Robin up out of the garbage. Right. <laughs> some people, some local people just just all of a sudden just beat the crap out of Robin and put him I'm in a garbage can. No, no, issue three at the Titans Tower, Flash and, and Changeling's like, look, we got to put in work. And like Sarge Steel is like, y'all ain't leaving. I'll shoot y'all if I got to. <laughs> <laughs> I like how that you just people in. <laughs> like, damn, like this is gangster. I like when you got Bruce Wayne with his arm up against the window looking on the outside with uh-huh. Jason Ty all hemmed up. <laughs> Looking like Jesse in Breaking Bad in like season two. John <laughs> 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 Le- leans on the bed and, and, and looking all modelly, yeah. like 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 Christian Bale from American Psycho, just chilling, wearing his hat. <laughs> <and everything>. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and again, they get the bottom. You still got them talk about say like, you saw when we messed up Billy Batson. <laughs> <laughs> No, he won't let that go. It's like that's uh, that, that, that's his highlight reel. That's it. That's all I care about. That's, that's like the, the that's the ultimate hater raid mixtape right there. He's just, he's just <laughs> yo, I think I just you, saw. Can, you can take anything you want from me, but I I, I ruined I rocked Billy Batson's world. That's it. Yo, I think I just solved the current Captain uh, the Shazam storyline. Why it's so sucky? Dark sides will come in like in the next like couple years. You just write a bit like ha ha, messed up Captain Marvel again. You asshole. He's a new. With that face to laugh with the outline teeth, just the outline teeth. <laughs> the outline teeth. Yeah, that should be a t shirt. Like, just <laughs> dark sides teeth. Be afraid, yo. Dark sides laughing. Oh, no. <laughs> In issue three, you get Brim, um, Brimstone kills Blockbuster. Suicide Squad takes down. You get first, yeah, first appearance of Suicide Squad taking down yeah. Brimstone. Robin's in the hospital. That was a fly ass suit Bruce Wayne had on, though. Yeah. Was, oh, no oh, doubt. He was so clean. Oh, he was real yeah. clean. He was yeah. real clean. <laughs> the pink shirt. You see how he coordinated? The pink the shirt, no, shirt. No tie. Um, and then, like, you know, the first two, two or three buttons are unbuttoned. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He about, yeah, you know he's doing big things. I want to be, yeah, I want to be like Bruce Wayne like that. That's that's a that good pimping. Oh yeah. And and once again, you get more Reagan talking with Superman. See, I was salty when I was reading this. I was pissed at Superman. I'm like, motherfucker, won't you go do something? Quit talking to, to President Reagan. I was mad. <laughs> that man walking in the garden with his hands all behind his cape. Uh huh. <laughs> My thing is this: is like, hold up, reading it now. I was like. Hold up, Superman's supposed to just appear. Why the hell is he so cool with everybody? Why is everybody like, yo, Superman's that dude? If everybody's hate, if everybody hating on superheroes, Superman just got around. Why he be hating on too? I don't understand that. And I just don't like any comic books with Reagan in it. I never liked this. <laughs> I, I don't blame him. <laughs> like I just never like yo Reagan. Fuck Reagan. You know what I'm saying? Like that's why I don't like all that shit Frank Miller did to Superman in Dark Knight Returns. Like. Yo, Superman wouldn't ride with Reagan, yo. He don't fuck with Reagan knowledge like that, yo. Renee, Renee's right there with you, bro. And then the thing is, she 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 was around when when I mean she was old enough to know what he was doing. And I'm like, I just Ronald Reagan, that's what I remember. But I mean she's all like, nah, it, it don't, don't the commies, don't, yo. Don't be cheering him. I'm like, all right, all right, my bad. No. What? 
Goffrey is a That's beast. what I know about him. He beat the commies. That's what I That's remember when I was eight years old. They found your wall. <laughs> what? <laughs> it wasn't like that in the hood, yo. <laughs> yeah, worse. <laughs> Reagan, Reagan is oxide in the hood back then. <laughs> 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 with, with his outline hair. Yes. No, no, but Chico Goffrey must be a beast to make all them white people hate Ronald Reagan in '86. Yeah, man. Not only that, that so powerful. Not only that, G. Gordon Godfrey had people so heated. Billy Batson, who like befriended a little girl, the little girl took him to like her parents' house, uh-huh. having a conversation. Yeah, parents flip the fuck out. The dad gets angry because Billy's yeah. like, you know, maybe you know, God, maybe Godfrey's wrong. You know, these heroes are right. The little girl playing with superheroes. Superman, so Superman, was, Superman takes the Superman figure out of out of his daughter's hand and throws it in the throws fire. It into the fire, dog. And Billy takes well, off running like a punk. PTSD, son. <laughs> PTSD, and again, dark side, laughing somewhere. Another panel later. <laughs> I remember that page only because Billy Batson actually changed his goddamn shirt. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He did. Wow. Yeah. That's man. I just not noticed that. So if he did, if he did say Shazam. Who knows what color that tunic would be? Yo, man, maybe the, I am like the Talkie Tony. Stop by and give him a new shirt. You know, <laughs> maybe borrowed it from her brother. You know, because like yo, man, Talkie Tony was kind of like the Bentley Farnsworth, uh, you know, of, of comics. You know, back then, like if 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 uh, if Billy was puffy, then you know, then Billy and Farnsworth had to be had to be Talkie Tony because somebody had to give him that shirt. Where you get that shirt, man? I don't know. <laughs> Back then, I'm like, yo, was it like Billy was homeless, <clears throat> no parents, but somehow he got a TV show. <laughs> like that, man. You know, they, they they literally want to have the view from the boy on the street. Mm-hmm. It's so awesome, like yo. Did see? I, I'm about to. My personal about to go on this tangent on how much the current fucking Shazam sucks. But let's talk about how awesome Dark Side smiling. At the bottom, page 19, issue 3, where he's like, you had to get the bad guys to kill my brimstone, son. <laughs> <laughs> you had to get bad guys to do it. Your punk-ass superheroes can't do nothing. <laughs> I would really like to know, since since, since Darkseid and Phantom Stranger are having this whole conversation while all six issues are going on, how long did this actually take place? I mean, was this over the course of a week? Did, did, did Godfrey go through all this and then have it all crumble like in a matter of days later like godfrey did this without social media godfrey Word. you know he did this like you know remember not everybody had cable i need this dude as my art agent that's all i gotta say <laughs> i need him as my freaking art agent like, yeah he was doing book tours he was up on it he was on larry king and everything yo i'm like how did you do this this fast i mean it's, it's amazing the end of issue three we we finally get the big reveal Dark side has got his warhounds. Yeah. Wait a minute. Hold up, dog. I'm like, hold up. Okay. Like David said, you sent out Desaad, Godfrey, that other dude, Doctor Bedlam. Yeah, Doctor Bedlam. I just call him that dude because that I can't, dude, I can't, I can't macro dude, macro dude. <laughs> and and you mean to tell me you gonna you ain't gonna give us Calabac? You ain't gonna give us? You ain't gonna give us Steppenwolf? Uh, yeah, you gonna give us some devil dogs? He ain't even bring out. He ain't bring out. He ain't bring out Kento. Nope. He ain't bring out. He ain't bring out Doctor Simeon he, and Makari. No Black Razor. He ain't bring out Grant. The out reason why. The reason why is because he feels like he doesn't have to bring out his big guns to take down the Earth. That's the whole point. Yeah. It's just one big game for him. 
And even yep. when he loses in the end, he's just like, well, it doesn't matter because I'm just going to come back anyway. Because Darkseid don't lose, son. Every time he wins. That's what people don't understand. He came in. He already put the seeds in. Come on. He already messed them up in the end. He broke Billy Batson down, son. He <laughs> broke him down. He just tore him apart. That's why... He, He's the equivalent of Suge Knight because the Warhounds are basically, look, that's low tier, man. He's like, yo, let's go ahead and drop this Lady of Rage album right now. That's what it is. No, no, sorry, it's Danny Boy. That's a Danny Boy record. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. Of course, that's why it all fits in. Darkseid always wins. He's still messing with C. You see the point? It all ties in to Final Crisis 2. He's messing with Superman and Batman. Superman, Batman coming in, shit gets over. See, the whole thing is a beef between Batman and Superman and the dark side. He's sick of them two motherfuckers always fucking up his goddamn plans. <laughs> he gonna get his revenge one day. You know what I'm saying? They, every time they be sitting out the whole joint out the end, yo, Batman kicks somebody in the forehead, Superman come in, body slam somebody, and yo, Captain Marvel came back and was like, bong, and the whole thing is over. No, see, he's got to go ninja. He can't go all big guns. If he if he sends in his big guns early, then it's like then the people are gonna want they're gonna want Superman to show up. But you start off with Godfrey. You do heavy doses of Godfrey. What Superman ain't gonna show up and like beat up Godfrey because then they'll pay him more. So it's like you got to start with the anti-hero stuff, and then only at the very end, which I don't even understand why he sent in all of the the parademons at the end. It's like. You know, when I'm sorry, let's, let's say all the superheroes just say, all right, y'all deal with this shit on your fucking own. You know, it's like people are going to be crying for mama. They want they don't want Superman when parademons are like destroying this. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so it's like it had no the, it had no place for the big guns like early on. Like it, it was basically I don't even know what the fuck the point of Brimstone was. Right? I mean, from a story perspective, like that don't make you not want heroes. Right. I mean, that was just a bunch of reason to have people beating up on shit, right? I mean... It was, it was so in fear, though. It was so in fear. Like, he was just this giant fire dude just rampaging yeah, across okay. the city. the city, right. And the heroes and the Justice League, Yeah, Justice League couldn't do jack right. squat. They just got punked. Like, sit your dumb ass sending ass down. Praise be the dark side. And bang! Like, oh, <laughs> it was awesome. And then dark side was like, like Julian said, yo, you had to get villains to go beat this bad dude. Mm-hmm. That's what Jeez. that's what you should have done more. Yeah, I like but, it but well, they were disposable bad guys. Yeah, Didn't yeah. matter whether or not they. I mean, that, you're not going to send you. You you don't want to risk Batman's life, but oh, all right. So Captain Boomerang, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Also, it's like Darkseid might have thought of some of the joke came around. Was like, oh, I'm gonna kill Brimstone. He's like, oh, hold up, son, you crazy? I want you on my team. I don't want you going around messing up my crazy apocryphal prophet fire dudes. <laughs> That's why Joker's just grabbing up white women and sticking things in their face. Like, I want to pierce this woman in the face, Batman. <laughs> ah, look at me. Ah. Oh, see, now you don't hit issue four. And I'm, I'm glad you did that. I'm so glad. And here's why. When you, like, like two or three pages in, you get the first appearance of Black Canary in this series. And first off, this is my favorite Black Canary outfit. Yes. Uh-huh. And because, like, every time I see this, I think she's about to go to a new edition guy concert. because i'm telling you that is i mean that i'm for real she is about to go see like a a tight ass 1986 1987 r&b concert and that's the gear right there she's gonna be dancing that night yes and also she likes she can turn from the next moment from that 
she could turn to a straight Power Ranger Black Canary. Looks like that's the intermediate <laughs> outfit. There's the there's the red clothes. There's the I'm about to be style clothes, and then she's about to straight turn common rider and drop kick everybody in a thirty mile radius. You know? You're not you're not talking about Ninja Ranger power, are you? Yes, yes I am. Ninja Ranger power, dog. Ninja Jetty joint. Oh no. <laughs> And then she's got vertigo up by the throat with her two fingers out like she's just about to stab him in the neck. Yes. <laughs> she's like, I know Kung Fu. Let the fuck back. <laughs> and this is what made me love Black Canary. With her mullet? Yes. <laughs> and the headband. Yes. Yeah, that's it, baby. I can't, I can't get with you on that costume. Flashy principal. <laughs> Man, I, can't, I can't get with you on no costume. She looked like she could do backup for Sheena E. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yo, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Sheena, oh, what, what, what's Sheena Easton album? <laughs> was, it the, was it the R&B album that Babyface produced? Oh, damn. <laughs> Digging <it> crazy. <laughs> Digging it crazy. <laughs> I think Julian's got another long box cover to do. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. My bad. My bad. My bad. Let me put it back with <laughs> Say Martha, you didn't like this costume? No, I can't get with this costume, man. I, just, I, I just love it. He, he it. needs to see his fishnets. Yes, I, could, I gotta see. I, yes, I gotta see the fishnets. I gotta get rid of this headband that looks like it's from Ninja Three to Domination. I just, <laughs> I just, I gotta get rid of that, man. This, uh, this turtleneck that's not really a turtleneck, but it could be a cover up to your face. But if somebody fart or something like that, I can't, I, I can't deal with that. It's like Burn was doing storyboards for a Cynthia Rothrock movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, it's China O'Brien. Let's kick some ass. <laughs> I do, I do like the, I do like the flying as a, as a martial arts guy. I do like the flying sidekicks. You know, as as a as a uh, yes. a way to introduce. A character that's a martial artist. I mean, that's that you can't get any better than that, and any tougher than that. So, kick to the face, the kick to the face. And the dude, the dude is just sprawled all out. His hands are behind his head, like his ears hurt from the kick. I mean, it's just you know he 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 messed up. So, you know, <laughs> no, just no. gotta fall. <clears throat> and, and and better yet, you get done with that, and then you got now Dark Sides on Earth with Phantom Stranger. They just still talking. I mean, they just still talking shit. But Phantom Stranger brings up. The fact that like Warlord, they brings up Warlord for some reason, and Dark says, "Oh, oh yeah, by the way, yeah, we gonna oh, take yeah, care of that too." Don't <laughs> handle that for me. And what was cool about that panel is the bottom of page four is when when we see Dark Side talking, you get the outline in white of the brick wall that he's behind in the alley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always like that. Yeah, that is classy. I like that. Uh, I like that a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. I was just like, yeah, like he'll decide, yo. Boom two over to that little crazy ass guitarist and handle this for me, son. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Phantom Stranger, you, you like you like Warlord, son. Nobody like Warlord, son. Don't handle that dude. Series is ending, so let's just do a crossover for old time sake. You know, what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm in his in his comic right now. That's how much. That's how powerful I am. I'm not, I'm, I'm, let's, let's go see the second rate lookalike Green Arrow dude. <laughs> and, and, and then you have yeah, poor Travis. And then you have. Have, I I don't hate Burns Joker, yeah. but it's not my favorite rendition of I, Joker. I agree. A little, I agree. little bit of a Caesar thing going. The face. He looks like Caesar 
Romero kind of. I mean, that type of a of a, a maniacal type of I'm not going to take you seriously type of look. You know what I mean? Yes, but his face is is, is too thin, too long. It's straight. It's straight Aparo. It's straight Jim Aparo Joker. It's yeah. like but just but, but 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 tries to make it look a little bit more real. Dude, some of those Brave mm-hmm. and the Bold issues with Joker, it's ridiculous but, looking. But the Aparo ones are scary. They they. It's to gross. me, they're, they're scary. And but, Aparo, but, yeah, Aparo can do some uh, some scary jokers, man. Especially when he was doing the uh, the the um, uh, when Death in the Family, that Joker. Oh yes, you know what I mean, oh, yeah. very very scary jokers, man. <laughs> yeah, I like this because it's uh, like this whole scene is like it seems like a cut scene from the '89 Batman movie. You can just hear the Prince soundtrack blaring. It's like party, man. <laughs> You're my number one guy. Leave this, I like this. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love, love so he hits, he, Batman throws a boomerang, a batarang, out the door and around the fucking building. And Man, that's some on black dynamite. That's some black dynamite <laughs> stuff right there, though. That's, that's, that's awesome. Some, that's some black dynamite stuff right there. I threw that shit before I got in the room. Type of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, feed is Doctor Wu. <laughs> but yeah, yo, I like that whole scene. But fuck you know, Captain Somebody needs somebody needs to bring back Miss Magnificent and the Pretty Boys. <laughs> yo, they are crazy. <laughs> that is eighties. Glor- gloriousness. That's not even a word, but I'm just gonna make it a word right now. You you will not see that in today's comics. You it's like Burn was like, you know what, you, you know what, Jim Shooter, you wouldn't let me do that in my in my comic. I'm gonna bring them over to DC. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, for real talk. I want to bring them back. You know, everybody want to they want to bring back all these other random stuff from the '80s. Yo, Miss Magnificent and the Pretty Boys. I don't even they know s- why she's bothering to wear a bikini top. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh, cause it, cause she probably, you uh, know, she's breaking the law anyway. Why does she care about like decency laws? There ain't nothing decent about that panel. No. You know, bong. I like the big, this big. It's just crazy. She just breaks the door down, and her crazy underwear bottoms look like some. Metal. Oh my god! It's like Big Bart is like hand-me-downs. Oh man! Like yo, at Chronos, Chronos made a Chronos. His outfit is fucking bugging. Yes, right outfit. Referee pants and the and the red underwear and the green and it's like, dude. And it is, but he's got that. He's got that. Um, that scorpion mask from Spider Man yes. where the mouth moves. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like you have lips on that mask, dude. <laughs> I love it. It's just like he saw freaking um. He saw Mister Miracle on TV. He was like, Yo, I can one up that. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't colorblind. Yeah. <laughs> and and burn also draws a great blue beetle yep. yes you know yes, like it it's it gets me so hyped because like don't don't get me wrong because like i love the blue beetle series from you know from the 80s with the paris collins, collins artwork you know loved it absolutely loved it but like i could also like if, if burn ever did a blue beetle book in the 80s i'd have bought that too you know yeah, yeah it was it's just gorgeous yeah, Macronos, he's yeah, it is a ridiculous ass outfit, but it is. I'm, I'm, I'm really also, looking at it now. It's great. I love it. Don't get me wrong. As a kid, you know, I didn't pay no attention to it, but when you get older and you look at it again. Fighting Adam in the 60s? Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. But like 1986? Mm. You know, Burn, Burn is also, man, an influence on me with these women, man. 
he drew he drew he drew the hell out of Wonder Woman at the end of this series. Oh yeah. And this girl right here, this girl right here, this it's this a, uh this bong bong girl, man. She 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 <laughs> oh, dude. So he had a robot. Uh, yeah, yeah, the robot girl. She, she, yeah, yeah. I was. I, I. I think that. I think. I think that. When I saw that panel. I was like, man, I need to go. I need to go create Jetta right now. I, I, need, to, I need to go do that. Yo, man, that whole sequence and the fact that Chronos Doctor Wiley's out on Blue Beetle. Like, Haha, you'll never get me, freaking Mega Man. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Yo, I think the whole book in the end was a play. Like, yo, when Darkseid talking all that shit, and secretly, the Phantom Stranger was like, yo, face, eh? This dude, Darkseid, gonna try to do something dirty. So I'm gonna talk to him for like the next like five days. And then <laughs> what you gonna do is you gonna, you gonna get dressed, and then you gonna like teleport everybody. And then we just gonna smash all these people, right? <laughs> We're best, son. I got you. Yo, I'm gonna call this one woman chick up too. Like, I got like Zeus owe me a favor or something, you know? <laughs> old gods represent. Oh, that's what it felt like when I was reading. Like, so basically, the old motherfuckers just like fuck these new guy motherfuckers. Yeah, that's the end. Yeah. And Superman <laughs> is good graces with Ronald Reagan the whole time. Yeah. No, I tell you, but what gets me? What, what gets me is okay. First off, first off, like when the, when Doctor Face just chilling and like Enza shows up, Enza looks like one of them girls from like those nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies spy movies. Yeah, and like I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. she's she's beautiful. Byrne draws her like you know very eloquently. She's beautiful, mm-hmm. love it. But like that's the imagery that like really comes off. And like I just it just uh, and I always stuck with me in that in that one panel where um, you know Fate's putting the helmet on. That always gets me. He cuts to the next panel. He's got that dramatic pose. Yeah. Uh, see, they they always did that shit in this series. It's like let me pose and then let me get my word my word balloon with my font in it, so you know it's me. <laughs> yes. Well, Darkseid did that at the end of the last issue with next to the Warhound. Yes. Yep. Yes. You know that that's the shit I I loved about like you know this comic back yeah. back when it came out, man. And, and no, he's right. And like issue five. Issue five is probably like my, my least favorite of the series. The art's beautiful, but it's really like Julian said, yo, I'm getting my peoples. That's, that's really, really all it is. I'm getting my yeah. peoples. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yanking them out. And, and, and it was also, I think, my least favorite cover. This is just, it, it's just Shazam standing on Captain top of Marvel. everybody. I'm sorry. My bad. Oh, my bad. Uh, I'm just saying he looks so tough. It's, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't look like. Darkseid beat him at all, and and he's just he's standing over there on on, on everybody's discarded clothes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't care for that either. Like that of the comic cover. Um, yeah, the uh, the I want. Well, I'll tell you what I want is a shirt. I want the first page of the sixth issue where Darkseid is standing like Mordecai in regular show. Like, yeah, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> he's got like the hand up and just kind of like looking off the camera. <laughs> I like the the, the beginning of issue five is again like yo you remember that time we fucked up Billy Bass's like (laughs) (laughs) and he crying why you think the last panel this dude been crying for like five issues man he been he cried for all five issues so far aren't aren't, aren't one of the uh, the Shazam are are one of the six characters like you know Neptune or something what what the hell's the uh, bringer of water it, it's he, he really is like he, he, he stays crying in the series you're right I'm telling you like he's 10 he's he's supposed to be he's supposed to be, yo he's hard he's 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 freaking my tea party in fucking Captain Planet and I was like all of it right there like 
I'm so sad. But you know, none of us has felt the damage of like dark side breaking our entire meaning of living. You don't know how that affects your psyche. Then you might be crying all the time too. But you got floating hands of dark side behind you laughing at you. Because <laughs> he, he made you think you killed some giant dude because he put some bombs in his chest. No, man. You're not, you're not smart enough to realize it's magic lightning. No. Not, not, not only that, but Dark Side is sending them mixtapes with Crimea River on Infinite Loop. <laughs> Playing the world's smallest violin. <laughs> Who's dope is like I guess so went up and like inside his head like Solomon sitting there is like of all the times for this little motherfucker not to listen to me he chooses right now <laughs> yeah. he didn't he didn't get it he didn't he didn't understand it until he turned back into Captain Marvel that's when he his his, his uh. His yeah, uh, right. Solomon, oh, Solomon. Now I know what's going on. Yeah, he was like, now, now I know what's going on now because you know it was an elaborate hoax that couldn't have, that couldn't have killed him. You know, up until then he was been he been crying in, in alleyways and in other people's houses and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I guess I have you know I've I've enjoyed I've loved the character for years. I have no idea what the hell he does, what 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 purpose he serves other than to appear in a story. But I absolutely. I've always loved the Phantom Strangers look. Yes. So, oh, yes. So do I. Yeah, just not from the front though. It looks like some. It looks like a woman wearing like those lightweight cashmere turtlenecks with like gold jewelry. <laughs> you know, from the Start side, it looks like a boss, but from the front, about this perfect. <laughs> and I'll tell you, Doctor Fate. He's got a cool helmet. But he's got like a girl's panty waist coat on, oh, and it's, it's all girl. yellow. I don't like it's it, man. Girl. They have I a like lot of characters that. in here that young, like. When I was young, it's like Doctor Fate, Phantom Stranger, uh, Captain Boomerang. Man. It was like these guys are fucking whack, man. I did not like them at all, and Yo, I can't believe the Phantom Stranger got a new book. You know, they're canceling Frankenstein, and they're giving Phantom Stranger a book. That guy's never cool ever. You put his <laughs> nah, nah, so he is, but he shouldn't have his own comic book. And didn't they? Who is he now? Because if the question is Judas, who the fuck is the Phantom Stranger? Man, I don't know. It's just, man, he should not have his own ongoing book. <laughs> no, he shouldn't. He should be in the back having yeah. rap debates with Darkseid yes. all the time. Like, yo, whatever book is that? Every every time a book is starting to fail, they should have that panel like like in this where Darkseid and the Phantom Stranger at the bottom talking shit about the comic book. Dogs like, yo, this dude is whack. I'm going to fuck his day up. You ain't going to mess his day up. He's a hero. He's inspired the people. Watch what I do to him now. <laughs> Cry book cancels the two issues it'd be awesome <laughs> <laughs> it's just the, these these non-superhero like dr fate fan Stranger, those guys aren't superheroes they're like cosmic entities and shit and they just don't mesh they just don't mesh well with like straight superhero shit in my experience i just got no interest no love for them at all they're the best way that the best way that dr fate has been used has been justice league unlimited when he was like Whenever a, a DC hero needed to take a break because they getting ready to break down, they went to see his ass and they went to his day spa and he talked them down from doing suicide. <laughs> that's the best Dr. Fate. Okay. That's the that's the best Dr. Fate right there. Yeah. I, I can't. I, I like it. I like it because every time they did an episode of that, it was the Defenders comic. Yeah. Because Bruce Tim can't do a Marvel characters. He was like, well, I just use Solomon Grundy as Hulk and I yeah. just use Hulk Girl as freaking uh, Valkyrie. And of course, Aquaman is Namor. 
And yeah, Amazo, yeah, now he's Silver Surfer. Yay, the Defenders. They get to argue and hang out in the freaking thing, and then they go fight something, and they kind of argue, and they all wrap themselves up. It was awesome. But I like Dr. Fate. I just like, because I like any character that just walks around with a helmet and a dope-ass fucking cape and just just tell you. He told Ronald Reagan, like, all right, you ain't shit. You better say it off, son. <laughs> Superman, you coming with me. Bong, I'm out. That's what I'm talking about. I want Naboo in every comic book possible just to shit on people. <laughs> <laughs> Our Lord of Order. Right. Boss. You know what? I think that this is the first time that I've ever seen uh, that I'd seen Batman drawn in completely black and gray and not the blue and gray on page 11 on issue five. Um, yeah, I think no that, that I mean, that that just that 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 right there is just awesome, man. Yeah, man. It's just clean. It's so clean, and like that that panel where he's swinging, man. It's just so clean and streamlined. It's got so much movement and action going to the right, leading you off the page, and it's awesome, man. Yeah, man. No, that was a great page. Yeah. It's yeah, and that was and because that used that threw me for a loop too. Because sometimes it'd be like black and gray, and other times you get like um you know blue blue and yellow. Blue. Yeah. <laughs> We all know what happens in the sixth issue. The heroes unite like the super friends and they take out the parademons like an episode of like episode of the challenge of the super friends. Dark side loses his bet with uh, Phantom Stranger. The, ju- the new Justice League is formed and uh, Wonder Woman dips out before anybody can talk to her. And uh, from that, we do get the um, the new Justice League. Um, series we get the new Suicide Squad we get the new Flash and the short-lived Shazam a new beginning miniseries yeah Um, with art by Tom Mandrake which as a kid I was like I can't co-sign yeah me neither I couldn't get with that as a kid man and coming from a from the burn book and jumping straight into that That, I was like two two different dudes and and that was my problem now I mean now older Sean now appreciates Tom Mandrake. It's straight. Yeah, yeah. It's straight. He, he, he's dope, but like, you know, Young Sean was like, no, I'm not having this. I'm not having this in my house. So, uh, I, I was kind of salty about that, but... um, Damn. <laughs> I can't believe, I, I can't believe we're glossing over the biggest deal no, in this whole series. I don't know. Amanda no. Waller? Oh, oh, oh. No. No. In number five, the star brand mockery. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Where was that where's, at? Where's that at? Look at uh, look at page uh, six. Okay, hold on. Issue five versus Guy Gardner. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sun, yeah. Sunspot dude. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Sunspot. Because yeah. he even says he's got he's got the thing on his hand, but he even says he has the power to create a new universe. So you know that this was everybody who ever worked at Marvel who worked on this book. Yeah. Oh, was, yeah, that was, was mad funny. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't his own foot off. He blew his foot off. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. As Guy Gardner, this is the only uh, this is the only hero in the whole book that gets the laugh, that gets the 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 you mad bro laugh like Dark Side. It's Guy Gardner of all people, it would be with Guy Gardner like you mad, yeah. you mad, and he messes him up. That was great. Yeah, and not only that, this is Sunspot's only appearance in a DC comic ever. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I didn't even I didn't even pay any attention to that. That is mm-hmm. a new universe rip. Wow. Sound like some something to bring back. Hmm. <laughs> there we go. That's, yeah, that's that's so no. I get my Jeff Johns on one day. You remember that one page of <laughs> legends? <laughs> you were gonna give him a fake foot? 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can reimagine him. This is a new 52. He never had to burn his foot off at all. <laughs> Hilarious. If she just give if she just give him a, a mechanic peg leg, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I'll give him one of the chunky legs from fucking Cyborg that Jim Lee made. Oh, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> no, I, I'm in a good spot right now. Positive. I'm staying positive. I'm in a good spot. I love Jim Lee to death, but yo, but yeah. Yeah, man. But yo, I like the sitcom that becomes uh, freaking Digger, Flash, and Changeling the head with the freaking hounds in the crowd and that whole issue. Like, oh, we was about to fight. Oh, no, guys. Look at this. Angry Mom wants to kill all of us. Let's team up. Poor Digger. to me like i said this is this is this is like greatness to me i can never ever get tired of this i mean i went through like like a lot a lot of people that like listen to this show know like one of my favorite miniseries of all time is west coast avengers the first four the four issue mini and i mean i went through so many reader copies I I mean I now have like the little trade, but I also went through like four or five reader copies of all four issues over and over yeah. and over again over the, the decades. blank. I love that cover with the blank where they're all yes. going after him. Yes, yep. yes. You know, fighting graviton. On oh. the, I'm like, you can't beat that. But this was the second miniseries that I constantly had to rebuy during like my childhood, teenage years because I read it so much over and over again and the, you know basically copies were falling apart and then literally two years ago via ebay i got the, i got the trade um the, the 1993 print trade for six bucks and wow. I've, I've, i haven't seen i mean i have i've looked for the, i look for this everywhere i could never find it and i found it on ebay and it's like i said man this this series means a lot to me it's just yeah. you know it's a special part a special part of my life a special time in my life and it's just great I know some of us got to bounce and and we got to like wrap things up. Um, Chris, I'm going to start with you. Thank you for being on the show. And if you want to tell people where they can get the No Apologies podcast, feel free. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on the show. It was uh, was fun, guys. It was real good. Uh, But yeah, No Apologies, the Taylor Network, um, and also on uh, Marvel Noise. Fantastic Foresight segments are going to try to be more regular. And um, there might be a little something with uh, Alan and I going to do a... uh, do an Alpha's uh, television show podcast. No kidding. What? Yep. So nice. So I, might, I might have to catch up on Alpha's. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So uh, thanks, guys, and uh, have a good night. But yeah, that's where you can catch me. Um, we just had our hundredth recording of uh, No Apologies uh, a few weeks ago. That was fun. But yeah, thanks, man. Hey, no, no, thank you. I appreciate you being on the show. We're going to move down the line. Julian, tell the people where they can get Ants and where they can also get your podcast, Ignorant Bliss. All right. You can get Ants at ants.julianlytle.com. And it updates Tuesday and Thursday. It's going to update late tomorrow, though. That's for damn sure. Um, uh, Yeah, Ignorant Bliss is ignorant-bliss.com. And you can find me on Twitter, Julian Lytle. Tell me how much I'm crazy or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Like other podcasters. <laughs> yeah. Yo, yeah, yeah. Let's not get started on that one. That's that's gonna be a very hateful segment. It'll be real world star hip hop on here. <laughs> oh yes, there will be Funkmaster Flex Bombs just dropped. 
<laughs> but um, and Martheus, um, let the people know uh, where they can uh, find out more about Jetta Tales of the Toshigawa and the comic studio. Dude, man, I'm Jetta Tales of Toshigawa is like all over the place. You can go to uh, www.toshigawa.com, and that's where the uh, central hub of everything is um graphic novels and all that kind of good stuff there um you can also go to now you can go to uh action lab action lab comics.com and go and get your download on for the first omnibus that is there as well which is 116 issues um 16 pages 160 pages dang what i say 116 issues yeah that's a lot of issues that is a lot of issues (laughs) scratch scratch that 116 pages 116 pages uh you can go there um you can also um Find out inter- uh, if you're interested in like uh, following some tutorials and comic book classes and things like that. I run I run a uh, tutorial blog uh, over at mallpro.com, um, and that's kind of like, like my studio is Mall Productions, so I named that mallpro.com. Um, and I'm also as a spinoff to that, I'm also doing comic book classes called the Comic Book Studio. It's basically in Memphis, Tennessee, but um, all the support that we can get if you can just throw some names out there i mean throw some uh throw some um uh some bones out there for us for some publicity and stuff like that that'd be great so um and that's the information for that is um on facebook uh under the comic studio or you can go to mallpro.com and some information there about it it's also at toshigawa.com so you can't miss it if you're looking for it oh cool no it's it's absolutely cool mall mall pro is maw pro right yes all right and last but not least, Mr. David A. Price, can you tell the people where to get 11 O'Clock Comics Podcast, anything else you're doing? Oh, sure. They can. Uh, Elevenoclockcomics.com um, will get you right to the forum. There's also bullpenbulletinspodcast.com slash forum. You can get the show notes and episodes at, uh, at bullpenbulletinspodcast, all one word, dot com. Uh, there's also Marvel Noise, which is more or less biweekly. Me, Steve Raker. Chris Campbell, Alan White, um, Andrew, anybody who feels like contributing anything Marvel related is 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 more than welcome to to uh, join in on the fun. Uh, that is put under by um, Derek Howard's Comic Book Noise family, and uh, and that is is pretty much it. You can find me on Twitter, on Facebook, um, on uh, my never updated uh, Tumblr blog. So yeah, it, it, you shouldn't be too difficult to find me i um i'm i'm delighted to uh have the chance to to sit down and talk with you all and and i'm glad that that with chris here that uh that neither one of us were the token white dudes so we're all good <laughs> hey hey and and, and the one thing and, and, I, and i and i held myself in check i didn't talk about how bronze tiger got played like a punk only brother in the whole series. Only brother, and yeah, and, and, got, it's, and yeah. Nah, nah, I let him ride because the black cop killed his white partner, so uh, he was not the first. And also, Damn. Amanda Waller, when she checks freaking my everybody, man yeah, yeah. But when she checks, oh. you ever say cotton picking would be yeah. 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 it's gonna be a problem. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, man, I remember that. Yeah. She, she she was boss. She was definitely. Also, she needs to be yeah. fat again after reading this. Again, yeah, like, she I know. Yeah, 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 I mean, I I get the whole thing. You know why they changed her up and and but it's, you know, I if if I want to see, Haley look that way, I'll just watch the last Boy Scout bring Amanda Waller back to the way she was. That that's right, fine. right. No, I agree one hundred percent. Thanks again, gentlemen, for being on the show. It means a lot to me. I had a wonderful time, and I hope y'all did too. Absolutely. Awesome. 
All right, coming up next on the PKD Black Box, Donnie Salvo was recently at the New York Comic Con, and he took some time out to interview some creators, and we wanted to pass along these creator interviews to you. I appreciate Donnie taking out the time at New York Comic Con to do these interviews, so just sit back, relax, and enjoy. Live at the New York Comic Con Day 2. Or one, depending on what badge you have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It depends on your perspective at this point. With the one and the only Jamal Igel, who's launching his Molly Danger campaign here today. So why don't you uh, tell everybody about Molly Danger? Uh, okay. Well, Molly Danger. It. There, the Molly Danger is about the world's most powerful ten-year-old superhero, who's been ten years old for the last twenty years. As far as anybody in the city of Coopersville, New York knows, she is an immortal alien whose family crash-landed on Earth, were killed, and she was the only survivor. And since then, she has protected the city and the gentry from uh, a team of evil cyborg supervillains called Supermax. Awesome. There's more to it, but you know that's 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 the base. But you know, when I the best, I guess the best way to sort of imagine it, it's Peter Pan meets Supergirl meets the Powerpuff Girls. That's an interesting collaboration there. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think so. <laughs> so you launched a very successful Kickstarter campaign yes. to get this book off the ground. You're going through Action Lab Entertainment, mm -hmm. whoever they are. Just kidding. Yes. And uh, <laughs> and uh, how are people going to get the book? Uh, the book it's going to be in previews. And it'll all? be pre it'll be previews in May. We're actually going to be doing a pre a a uh, special preview flip book for uh, Action Lab for uh, Free Comic Book Day. And then uh, it'll be in May solicitations and it'll be out hopefully by the end of July, God willing. <laughs> and how are you doing it? Are you doing it issue by issue format? Or um, it's doing... it's a four book series. So okay. it's uh, four books. Each book is going to be 48 pages, nine by 12. Uh, European style? European style, hardcover. Wow. wow. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to hey, it. Hey, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all in, you know? That's it. Are you busy at the con? Yeah. Working on, you see me, I'm working on my, my Kyle Rayner, my 90s Kyle Rayner Green Lantern there you sketch go. over here. Don't forget his girlfriend in the fridge. Oh, God. <laughs> That's the only thing I... You know, I, 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 drew, I drew Kyle very early on, like like issue 52, mm -hmm. you know, when the book, when he first launched as a character, so I got to draw Alex before she got, uh, <laughs> be, before she got major forced. <laughs> Is that a term? Yeah, that, that's that? my term. <laughs> so... So, uh, all right, so Molly Danger previews in May? In May, yeah, we're, we're shooting to do a, uh, a flip book with uh, Princeless for, for oh. May for Free Comic Book Day. Excellent. And so. uh, you want to give everybody your info? Sure. If you can, uh, for all things Molly Danger, you can go to mollydanger.com, and that leads you to the production blog, the my website, which is uh, also jamalidle.com. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter. Um, you can, uh, if you go to Facebook, it's uh, go 
uh, go underscore Molly Danger on Facebook, okay. and then on Twitter it's go Molly Danger. At, right. Twitter, at Twitter, and then Jamal Eigel on Twitter and everywhere else. So you like just a type social in, media mogul. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, if you, if you just basically if you just type in Jamal Eigel in a search engine, you'll find me somewhere. Else. <laughs> I, I guess so. <laughs> All right, Jamal. Well, thanks for talking to thanks, me. Alright, I am here at the New York Comic Con with Michael Morisi, see I did it right, and Steve Seeley, the creative team behind Hoax Hunters. Uh, why don't you guys give, the, uh, give a pitch about what the book is about? Uh, yeah, we kind of we we uh we do this all the time, as you can tell. So we, we just throw back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we kind of we it's basically a reality TV show that uh, goes around and kind of like like a MythBusters tries to like disprove these things like you know myths or you know cryptozoology type based things. But in reality, they cover them up. So we kind of pitch it as like X Files meets MythBusters, or like a reverse X Files, I guess meets MythBusters. So yeah. Yeah, it has like those elements of like sci-fi, sci-fi and meets reality TV. Awesome. I uh, reading the book. The only the one that came uh, through my head was um, you said Josh Josh Matthews show or Josh Gates oh, show Destiny whatever. Destiny 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Josh like, Gates. Yeah, yeah, Gates. Yeah, that's yeah, his Josh name. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and hilariously, when we so when we started working on this, I mean, I had you know I, I love MythBusters and like had you know I've religiously watched that, but I had been really like you know I had seen uh, Destination Truth and all that, but we got in like I just watched hours and hours of Destination Truth on Netflix. That Factor Faked, uh, Ghost, Ghost Hunters, uh, Monster Quest. I mean, there's so many. Right, and that right. was, it was just oh, it was fantastic. I mean, I spent seriously like you know 10, 10 hours a day doing that. You know, so yeah. While he's writing the book, or yeah, he's writing. Well, he's, doing, well, he's doing the work. I'm just yeah. Basically, I was sleeping. I was sleeping. Mike was working. I, was I found sleeping. this crazy fish in the Amazon. Exactly. Throw it in issue five. Yeah. <laughs> We have enough already. We erase have enough. Yeah. I know. Erase everything you just did. Let's start over, man. Let's start over. I can't. So the one character in this book, though, that is just what. Now I've been reading comics for thirty years. Okay, and murder is. It's what? What is? I don't get it. It's like it's one of the most. It, it's an. For for people who haven't read the book, it's 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 an astronaut suit with crows inside of it. Yeah. Yes. Is yes. there going to be some kind of origin story about well, this character? Actually, issue or? zero. So, you know, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the, the one I didn't get, yeah, man. See, that, and that's the problem. That's up. the problem, though. That is the problem. It's that a lot of people who got issue zero, yeah. because there's a la you know, there's a gap in time before one came out, mm -hmm. the people who got zero weren't the people that bought one. And so a lot of a lot of you know, like a lot of people don't know, didn't know there's zero. And sadly, zero is all sold out. So uh, been it gets collected. Gets collected yeah, yeah. It gets collected in the trade, but it does explain his origin. Uh, I mean, for the most part, it really does. I mean, it's not. It's it's still there's still some mystery there, and like uh, we, we plan doing more with him in the future, in future issues for sure. Yeah, but he's just and that was the funny thing too, because in issue one it just starts out where just this character, an astronaut with pros. Right, yeah. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Exactly. What's going on there? But yeah, so again, you can get confused really easily. So we we try to do good with getting you know getting word out zero, like we had it for free for a while just so people can get it. Uh, but murder will play. We we love the character so much to do with him. He's so bizarre and unique. And uh, yeah. uh, we plan to do a lot with them in future arcs. And he's always going to be around, obviously, but it's hard for him to do a lot, of, a whole lot with him because he doesn't talk. He doesn't really have like a human. <laughs> yeah, so, just just, yeah, just a bunch of crows, crows you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you doing like a 
series of mini series or a complete ongoing it's series? It's a complete ongoing. I mean, it, it is, yeah, so it'll be ongoing. We're not going to take the breaks. I mean, we'll take the breaks on trade months and that's it. So, I mean, it's not like we're going to come back, you know, with a second six issue series or something. Right. It's going to be an ongoing. Uh, you know, but it will be based arc. We got a, you know, first is, first is a four issue arc, then a uh, one shot, and then it's like a three issue arc. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of arcs, but, okay. but yeah, it's going to be just a straight ongoing. All right. And this is through Image. Through that's image. That's why I asked, because Image does both. You know what yeah. I mean? They do ongoing, then just yeah, series. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, do you guys have a website? For we do. It's uh, hoax, hoaxhunterscomic.blogspot.com. Excellent. So, and, like I said, everybody I talk to, I send them this. I send them this way. I love this book. Thanks, man. It Thank does. you. That's Thanks so we really appreciate that. We really, really do. So we're really excited about. It. So we, we, we love people to share our enthusiasm. That's awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Steve. Thanks, Mike. And, uh, Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. That's on there right now. I hit record, so, and I don't edit. So <laughs> I'm here at the New York Comic Con day uh, two or one, depending on what badge you have, and uh, I'm with the guys from Fubar. So why don't you guys introduce yourselves and uh, tell us what your book's about? I'm Jeff McComsey. I'm the editor in chief. Uh, Steve Becker. I'm the uh, the art director. Michael McDermott. I'm a writer and story contributor. Excellent. So. Tell, tell the, the public what it's about. So it's basically a, it started out as a World War II anthology. Uh, we started with the European theater uh, the first year. Second year we followed up with the Pacific theater. And the third year, we are, our new book this year is going to be uh, all about American history. It's called FUBAR American History Z. Nice. Uh, zombies are actually included in that too. <laughs> Did I not mention no, you never, zombies? Never said no, zombies. God, no, yeah. <laughs> there are zombies, I swear. I swear. This isn't a, a zombie eccentric book. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. That was a big detail. I you just know, feel. It is, but like, I'm a big World War II fan. Right, like, right. As far as like, so World War II comics. Yeah, right. I was like, oh, we'll put some zombies in it and everything will work out fine. So <laughs> I neglected to mention that. He's sketching zombie faces. You're in the other room with other pages, putting regular faces yeah, right, back right, on right. them. Scrubbing them out. I want this to be about history. Putting yeah. noses back on yeah, them. Right. Yeah. I am an educator. <laughs> <laughs> So we're gonna. You have a website? Yeah, it's foobarpress.com. Um, you pick up the book usually in comic shops. Most shops have them. You can get it at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, stuff like that. Excellent. Um, what's your con schedule like for the rest of the year? Gosh, this, is, find this is almost it. Uh, we do Baltimore, Philadelphia, and then New York. So this kind of closes us out. I mean, we might pick up one or two small ones, but um, at the moment, this is kind of it. Are you gonna go to CGS? I think in April, is it? Oh, they oh, they're doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have yeah. not heard. Yeah. If uh, if I'm able to, I love that show. Man. Are they doing it cool. in Reading again? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same place. No, that's, yeah. that's hometown for us. Oh, yeah. is We're it? off cool. of Lancaster, PA, so yeah. it's like right oh, around the corner. Literally, cool. we can go home at the end of the night. So yeah. And we cool. do. Yeah. <laughs> Saves us a ton of money. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just sold you. I just sold a table for you. Yeah. I want my commission. Finder's fee. That's why they call me the closer. The closer. Iceman's over here selling us cold. You guys got customers here, so I'll let you go. Hey, no and, problem. Uh, thanks for talking with me. I'm just reading them. Okay. All right, I'm here at the New York Comic Con. With the uh, the one, the only, Mr. Mike Norton. Hello. 
Hi. 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 You're actually the Eisner Award-winning Mike Norton. That's right. Don't forget it. That's right. Where is it? It's at home. I've hidden it in a safe spot. If I was you, I'd wear it around my neck like Flavor Flav. <laughs> like a chain. It's uh, my neck muscles. I have to develop them first. <laughs> so, I don't know, because Flavor Flav was a crackhead. He had a pretty skinny neck. Yeah, there's nothing in those clocks. <laughs> no, really he not. hollows them out. It's always the same time. When you ask him what time is it, it's always the same time. <laughs> time for crack. <laughs> but uh, Now, you won the uh, Eisner for Battle Pug. I did. Web yeah, comic. Yeah, best web comic. Yes. So why don't you tell everybody how that, that came about? How I won? No. <laughs> well, it's a large envelope full of cash. Because they've been out with the rest of the vendors. No, uh, how the Battle Book web, web comic came about. Well, I mean, it came from the t-shirt. I mean, I designed this t-shirt, and uh, uh, people asked if uh, where the comic was, and I went, oh, I guess I should make a comic. And uh, so I came up with uh, this weird, crazy Conan ripoff. So. And you, <laughs> and you have, and you have pugs yourself. So you're. I do. A fan. I have two. I love dogs. I love pugs in general. Uh, uh, and this was an excuse to draw every crazy animal that I've ever had an affinity for. So that's pretty much all it is. I just like, I like animals, and I'm too dumb to be a veterinarian. So this is my uh, my chance to make them do incredibly stupid things. I'm so hot. So now you're doing a bunch of work for Image now. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about it. It girl, how'd that come about? Um, I was uh, hanging out with uh, Jamie Rich at uh, San Diego a uh, year or two ago, and we had talked about how we'd never worked together. And uh, he said, "Hmm, let me let me think about that." And he he called me uh, a couple weeks later and said, "You want to draw It Girl?" I was like, "Wait a minute, you don't own It Girl." Uh, turns out he was drawing. He's he's going to do this series. Uh, like Mike Allred was going to, you know, in the vein of like BPRD except with Madman characters, you know. So well, that's a pretty cool concept. Uh, so he decided to center this uh, series around It Girl. And since a lot of the Madman characters are currently off in space in their continuity, it was It Girl on Earth while everybody's gone and, you know, what a bored superhero does when all our friends are on vacation. Right. That's cool. Now, do the Allrich have a lot of uh, input on the book or are they just kind of let you look at they, they just oversee it. They look at it and I get an email every once in a while that says, oh, that's cool. That's Ginchy. He actually, I mean, he writes like he is Madman, you know. It's just, I mean, Madman is him. <laughs> that's cool. And now you have Revival with Tim Seeley, yeah. who's never at this booth. <laughs> Because he's super popular. He's way more popular than I am. All the kids love the Sealy. We're at, well, our tables are X1 and X2, and I'm telling people it's like the movies. I'm the older one, and he's the one that everybody likes. Where's X3? Well, we don't count that one. <laughs> Ryan's X3. <laughs> so, now, how did that come about? Uh, that, that's a long story. I mean, it's stuff we throw around ideas in the studio. He and I share a studio. And, uh, he four, comes, four Star four Studios? Four Star Studios. And he comes up with an idea every week, you know. Right, right. And we either make fun of it or, you know, we say, hey, that's a good idea. None of us want to draw that. Or something like that. And uh, 
So he came up with an idea that uh, about vampires and serial killers, and, and, and the other guy in our studio said, hey, that's a good idea, let me write that. And they're doing that for Dark Horse. And uh, he had this idea of, uh, you know what, it'd be cool if I wrote a story about my hometown. And he, he had this idea, and I was like, I don't know if I like that, but it, there's something to it. And he went, and he changed around, decided, well, what if, like, you know, for one day, Everybody that dies comes back to life. And I was like, yeah, now we're talking about it. You know? that, it's, it's, I heard people call it like an, an unzombie zombie story. We're in calling a sense. it the walking talking dead. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, this this thing took off. Like, how many how many uh, reprints is just number one alone? We're on volume. We're on uh, 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 reprint four of issue one, reprint three of issue two, reprint two of issue three, and number four is going to go into reprint also. Wow. And it's not even out. There's no way you could have expected that, right? I mean, that's oh no, just like no, I would have never thought that. I always I I believed in the book. I knew it was a good idea, and I right. knew that we were making the best thing that we. We've ever made, but you can only hope that other people recognize that. You know, I'm the proudest I've ever been of all the stuff I've done this year. I'm, you should. I'm completely, I mean, I'm completely positive that I peaked this year. Next year's gonna suck ass. <laughs> now you gotta go for the what was it on Thirty Rock? The Argot. Yeah, you I gotta. Need to go to Argot. I want that. But you know, then I have to sing and dance and learn how to write a movie and uh, learn how to act. And, and if you ask my mom, my mom, I never learned how to act. <laughs> At least act right. Well, I mean, I, I've been a fan of yours since the G.I. Joe days back at well, Devil's Two. you old school, my friend. And uh, same thing with Mr. Seeley. And uh, I pretty much followed just about every book you guys were doing well, and I are doing. And uh, why don't you uh, shoot out all your websites for your studio? You still doing the digital thing? Yeah, we're uh, for, uh, double feature. We're ramping down mostly because all of us are busy. Right. And it was an experiment to begin with. We want to see what the interest was in digital comics. And I think this year has proven that there's interest in digital comics. It just turns out they're all. Comicsology comics. Right. So, I mean, that's fine. We just wanted to know. And so our whole idea is that our our, our, our uh, studio is we, we go out and do it first instead of sitting around and waiting to find out. And so we did that. And uh, so we're going to put out one more issue, and I think we're only going to do it if we have a special project. Because Tim's busy. He's got multiple books. Josh is busy. And I have, I'm drawing every comic that's coming out next year. So... Um, any, and was there any announcements this con? Anything you could announce beforehand? Well, uh, I don't know if they're specifically out? having announcements, but I mean, uh, I thought they might, but I'll tell you right now, this is an exclusive for you. Uh, uh, no the, one's ever said that to me before. Go ahead. My, uh, <laughs> my creator-owned character, The Answer, uh, yeah. will have a miniseries at Dark Horse starting in January next year. Oh, that's so The Answer will finally be out after five or six years of me trying to get somebody to you, What are you going to do, a series of miniseries? Are you just going to Hopefully. It depends on how or? busy I get. Uh, the original idea that I had with Dennis Hopeless, who now he's blowing up at Marvel, was to... Uh, 
to, to make it an ongoing series, we had up to issue 12 plotted out. And now we had to condense a story down to four issues right now. Hopefully we'll be able to continue it. It's definitely going to leave off. We we're not going to be able to sum it all up in four issues. Because it's a big, mysterious conspiracy with superheroes in it. So. Alright, that's cool. How about uh, uh, going back to the digital stuff, will that ever see print, do you think? or? Uh, we've talked about it, and it, it, we have to do a lot of talking with everybody because everybody owns their own properties. Right, right. And uh, we've talked, we've thrown the idea of maybe Kickstarter out there. That way, if it makes a lot of money, everybody involved will get a lot of money. So I'd, I'd rather do that than um, you know take a chance and get a publisher to do it, and then right. we have to worry about how much they take and all that stuff. That's cool. Well, all right, Mike. Thanks for your time. And uh, do you want to throw out any uh, websites? Uh, Everything. I hate Mike.com, uh, doublefeature.com, battlepug.com, and uh, revivalcomic.com. And we could also listen to you every week on the Crankcast. And Crankcast.com. I know Crank's going to be upset because I never talk about Crankcast. <laughs> and I think there's another one in there somewhere too, no? No? Is there? Well, it's Crankcast.net. Are you still on, uh, your art still at Cadence? CadenceComicArt.com. Cadence that that was the one my, I was looking for. You can buy my old artwork because everything I do is digital now. My art dealer hates me. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't even do like one page just no. to sell or you? It messes up my flow, man. Oh, I, I spend a whole day working on a on a piece of paper when I can book, pump out two pages. Like, yeah, yeah. It messes me up. All right, well, I got time for the pen and the paper. Ne next year, next year I want to see the Eisner around your neck. Okay, I'll staple it to my vest. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll duct tape to my vest. I'll duct tape a, a pocket to my T-shirt that I can put it in. There you go. Like a kangaroo, <laughs> so that if somebody else wants to see it, I'll be able to take it out like the Stanley Cup. You should be able to just hit a button and it lifts right out of your pocket. Now you're just getting. And we're just. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> thank you for thank you for your time, Mike. Okay. That was Daryl in the background at wehatedaryl.foot, and oh, we'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>
<laughs> ninjas in the rain? Ninjas in the rain. Tell me about ninjas in the rain, Robert. <laughs> they can dance. <laughs> you have you have someone helping you with the song. Who who's okay, this lovely yeah. lady? Alright. This is my this is my sister, Elaine uh, Atkins Manley. She's uh she comes to a lot of shows with me. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. She yeah. has a website too, right? Yeah, she's got a, a great blog and uh, on her Facebook it's Geeks Elixir. Uh-huh. Uh she just kinda does commentary on the industry and trying to help get people familiar with how things work. So well, how's the show this weekend? He's asking you, Elaine. Oh. <laughs> the show is fine, I love the show. <laughs> My brother's cool, he draws very nicely. What? What do you want me to do? She's not talking. <laughs> Robert, you go. <laughs> you know, Elaine, you, you sound a lot like a, a high-pitched Daryl Taylor. <laughs> it's amazing. What a crazy coincidence. People tell me that all the time. <laughs> it's like if I listen to Daryl's podcast fast, it sounds exactly like that. I know, right? <laughs> and I like Power Rangers. <laughs> you gotta watch out. You'll get beat down for that. And <laughs> <Hey>, ninjas. <laughs> What? I think I've done two interviews with you at this show, uh -huh. and they're the two weirdest interviews <laughs> I've ever had. Like, job well done. Yes, very I well done. To say, I'm sorry. I tried for this to be serious. <laughs> I, 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 okay, I have to say this is the best interview I have ever <laughs> heard <laughs> on a podcast. I support this interview 100 percent. See, see, yeah, yes. see. Yes. Okay, let me have that. Right. I just want to say sorry, Sean, and go ahead. Daryl. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> so, what's new for you? Okay. What, what, what projects you have coming up? Uh, um, Alright, I'm working at Marvel on a kind of new five-issue series based on the Castle TV show. Uh -huh. uh, the previous two volumes came out as a graphic novel, but what I'll be doing it comes out as like a monthly issue, so it should start coming out at the beginning of the year. Um, and then I'm also doing, uh, still doing a little work on G.I. Joe. It's what's kept me busy the last four years, uh -huh. mostly, uh, kind of on and off with the Marvel projects. But uh, I'll be doing uh, G.I. Joe number, or Snake Eyes number 21, which would be a silent issue. It's like a really great homage to the original series. Uh, oh, okay. It kind of focuses on Storm Shadow and, and Hardmaster and, <laughs> and all the ninja goodness. <laughs> I'm totally going to draw that scene in the rain now. Like, it's not in the script, but that's totally happening in the rain. So when are you going to record your demo for your song? Yeah. Uh, immediately after issue 21 comes out. We're going to try and drop it the same week. So oh, see okay. okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, how's your Kickstarter, successful Kickstarter? What, what's going yeah, on Yeah, I'm that? also working on uh, a book called Elders of the Runestone. <clears throat> and you can uh, check that out at just runestonecomic.blogspot.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, we ran a Kickstarter campaign that was uh, funded throughout the summer, and, or last spring. And we got the first issue done, and we'll have the first four issues ready. Uh, for digital purchase uh, by January, and soon after that we'll have the trade out too to you know, ship out to stores. Well, that's awesome. Uh, anything else you want to tell your your loyal fans? Uh, yeah, if you want to check out my work, I, I regularly post on my blogs, just robertatkinsart.blogspot.com, and DeviantArt. And I have a DeviantArt gallery. It's just ratkins. Dot, or, uh, dot Okay, we're, we're signing off now. Kirk, out. I'm at the New York Comic Con with Gabriel Hartman and Corina Becco. Becco. Yep. I wanted to be the first podcaster to get that right. Wow. <laughs>
<laughs> Next time. Next time. <laughs> and we're here to talk about their new Planet of the Apes ongoing from Boom Studios. Now you did two miniseries. Yes. Right? Yes. The Betrayal, Betrayal and, and Exile. Exile. Okay. And now they stopped the ongoing and you're going to start your own thing in a different timeline, right? That's how that's going. Explain how that's working. Well, we're, we're basically From just the continuing the stories we've been telling right. in an ongoing series. Okay. So, uh, we, we were, uh, we had started uh, Betrayal like 20 years before the original Planet of the Apes movie and uh, we're jumping ahead to 8 years before the original Planet of the Apes movie. So we're much closer to uh, when Taylor lands and all that stuff happens. And, uh, and we're, you know, we're in a it, it starts at a um, you know at a time when ape society is in a little bit more uh, um, uh, you know it's a little more settled. Things are are, are, are pretty uh, pretty calm and, and pretty prosperous, and uh, you know and then an enormous uh, sort of uh, cataclysm, cataclysm <laughs> happens That's on the, the planet of the, of the apes, <laughs> and uh, and uh, um, you know which. Uh, you know, sort of rips apart ape society and brings all of the the, ten, the, the underlying tensions to the surface uh, among the different uh, species of apes. How, how big of a how big of a part are the humans actually going to take part in this? Well, story? I mean, what I, what the humans are involved. I mean, uh, and the, you know, and the humans are always there as a sort of uh, reflection uh, for the apes. I mean, that in a lot of ways, the apes are you know, the apes are just people that we're telling stories with. You right, know. Right, right. I mean, like they're they're apes, but they're they're essentially the people characters. The humans are more like animals, you know. They're they're the they're the yeah yeah. Well, I like the fact that you kept it that way, unlike that uh, Tim Burton version. <laughs> that you do not speak. So how how is the the writing process between the two of you being? Uh, we, you know, just like it's it works pretty well. I mean, you know, we just we we uh, collaborate really closely. We figure out, uh, you know, uh, we break everything down, you know, into into outlines and then into uh, and the, then break down all the specific pages and. Uh, we do all that collaboratively. Yeah, we do all that together. Karina takes a pass at uh, at writing the first the draft of the script, gives it to me. I take a pass on that, and then. We sit down together and uh, and do like a final pass on it. It's it's pretty orderly. So the first issue's out now. The first two issues. The first two issues out now. Okay, and it's ongoing. Yes. For Boom Studios. Yep. All right. Do you, do you have a, a website or anything? Uh, it's GabrielHardman.com. And if you're ever at a con, get a sketch from Gabe because I have a piece in my office and it's beautiful to look at. Awesome. So there you go. Thank you for your time. Can oh, we, uh, say, can we you want? talk about one more thing? Anything um, you want? In starting in December, uh, oh. you know, it's you can pre-order it now. Uh, in Dark Horse Presents, uh, we we have a story called uh, Station to Station. It's a it's a three-part serial in Dark Horse Presents. Uh, big monsters. Big monsters destroying San Francisco. Um, you know, uh, no apes. No apes, but a, a, a you know, but a, a sort of uh, a hapless scientist has to figure out how to stop it. Awesome, and that's Dark Horse presents, and it's in previews now. Yes. Excellent. All right. Well, thank issue you. nineteen. Issue nineteen. All right. Well, thank you for your time. All right, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. And that concludes this week's PKD Black Box. The PKD Black Box is a proud member of the HHWLOD Podcast Network and is available at hhwlod.com and is also available via iTunes. If you're on iTunes or our forum board, feel free to leave us a comment. Thanks again for listening. 
Until then, dream big and hustle hard. going on you guys hear me yes yes we can hear you can you can y'all hear me okay i yes. hear you excellent excellent how y'all doing this evening gentlemen that's uh, that. kind of sore actually <laughs> sore from what's yeah. sitting on weekend yo if i don't get enough sleep man i get random aches and pains it's damn like, <laughs> it's the way my body works it's like you ain't sleeping enough it's like cells are degrading or something I don't know man. I, need, I ain't drinking enough Sprite or something oh yeah well Sprite maybe that's the problem nah man that's my healing power you know that, that high fructose <laughs> I don't know if it's working then dude that high cause I didn't drink any I didn't drink any all weekend oh okay alright the, the lack of high fructose corn syrup done got you yeah it needs it to keep everything together I get it uh, I, uh, well, I'm, I'm waiting for uh, for uh, for Chris and uh, Martheus to hop on. Uh, Martheus is uh, hopping on Skype via his iPhone. It's the first time oh. he's ever used it, so he's getting um, getting used to it. And Chris should be on any second. But David, it's actually nice to talk to you, sir. Yeah, dude, it really is. You know, I, like I, I've heard your voice on many a podcast, time and time again, and like to actually be able to actually talk to you. You know, via the internet, this is this is incredible. So it's a little weird. Yeah, yeah, but no, it's but good. comfortable. What you say? But comfortable. Yeah, well, that's the way it's supposed to be. That's right. That's I the like way it's it. Supposed to be. But no, thank you so much for coming, man. I, I really not a problem. How you feeling? You know, I'm feeling I'm feeling better today. I'm still not a hundred percent. Yeah, like this bronchitis slash sinusitis, like really got the best of me, and. Uh, and I'm still trying to recover from that first day back at work, and you know, you, you just do what you can. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they don't, and they don't take it easy on you at work. No, they don't. Not at all. No. Oh, you're back, dude. I mean, I just can I can I have my lunch? I even have my little do not disturb sign on my cubicle. They know not to come around, but people still peek their head around the cubicle wall. They're like, "Oh, I, you're at your desk. You're obviously you're, you're not doing anything, so I can bother you." It's like I got my mouth full of sandwich. Um, I'm, I have my iPad out, so I'm reading. But no, yeah, come on in and bother me. Yep. <laughs> that's what they do. That's, it is, that's, man. That's, it's, it's crazy. That's what they do. And, and man, I tell you, as soon as I walked in the door and, like, a two staff members said, welcome back. And right as soon as I got near my office, there was like a line of faculty. It was like it was like Indiana Jones, where like all the students are like waiting for Indiana Jones to like sign papers uh-huh. and stuff. Oh, it was ridiculous, man. Jesus. See, it's a good thing you said the students waiting to sign papers because I was thinking of of all the little uh, little Indian kids waiting when you came out of the Temple of Doom with the rock. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, can y'all, can y'all hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, Martheus. Yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Right. Okay, uh, gentlemen, um, Martheus Wade, Martheus, you know Julian, and also uh, Mr. David A. Price. How are you, What's sir? What's up, y'all? What's going on? What's up, man? Of course, Martheus know me. Took my damn Sunday. Man, dude, come on, come on, man, come on! Why you gotta bring that up? Why you gotta, I gotta bring, bring that up? That up. I gotta because it's, it's history now. It's part of the high point of podcasting history, right now. Wait a minute, man! Dude. If we ever get back in that situation, I'm just gonna buy you one. I'm, I'm gonna buy you one, dog. <laughs> I'm, gonna buy, I'm gonna buy you a Sunday. I owe you a Sunday, man. I took your shit. My Actually, that girl to ate my Sunday. She's supposed to be working. Yeah, that's what I'm Actually, 
that's see, she need to buy you one. You should have told her you, should, you owe me something. Now wait a minute. Now hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Now, now Chris, now Mr. Campbell's jumped on the call, but see, I don't know if if Mr. Campbell and Mr. Price are familiar with this Sunday situation um, that that went down. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Mr. Campbell knows about it, but does Mr. Price know about the Sundays? I, I, I do not. The only thing I know about Sundays is is Carvel buy one get one. <laughs> well, oh, you wanted a Sunday? Oh, I just had one. We don't have any more ice cream left. Sorry. <laughs> the greatest episode of Comic Timing ever made. Yeah. <laughs> oh, see, I stopped listening to Comic Timing when I left. So. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Well, you should just know there's one episode where basically me, Sean, and Martez take over for two hours. Nice. I will definitely look for that one. Yeah, it was uh, during a super show. Was it 2011? It's the last one. Yeah. 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 And um, also, like, I re-aired it on on my podcast feed like a a few weeks after that. Yeah. And and what happened, we were all uh, hanging out at that uh, restaurant. Uh, what I can't, I can't remember, Third and Spruce or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're all there and it's crowded. I mean, it's packed because they got us up at the top of the restaurant and we got way too many people up there trying to like eat and stuff. And they won't give us the bottom of the restaurant. They only gave us the top floor. And everybody's hungry. Everybody's eating. And so, you know. I wanted a Sunday, and like, who else wanted a Sunday? Like, Julian wanted a Sunday too. Because yeah, we, we, like we saw, um, yeah. we saw what's his name Sunday first. Uh, yeah. We saw uh, uh, Daryl. Yeah, dear, we saw yeah. Daryl Sunday, and then yeah. we saw Alan Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So, so then Martheus was like, "Yo, I'm gonna get a Sunday." So he got a Sunday. Came out, had the brownie with the ice cream on it. It looked all good. I was like, "Man, I got to get one." And Julian was like, "Bet, I got to get one too." So the waitress comes by. And Julian's like, yo, l- let me get a Sunday. And Julian, tell her the exact words she told you. She, oh, <laughs> oh, shit. It's too old. It was something like, oh, I ordered the last Sunday. Yeah, she ate uh, it. We, we, out of, we out of ice cream, but you can share mine. I was like, <laughs> in my head, real, I, don't, I don't like to really do this crap. So I was like, this bitch did not just ask me if I want to share her Sunday. <laughs> Is she working? Is she eating the Sunday? Oh, I was so mad. I was so mad. It's heated. Oh, I love it. That's great. The, shit, the, the bad part about it made me feel bad because I got the last one. So everybody's looking at me like, man, you took the last Sunday, man. Why you got to take the last Sunday? I'm just like, dude, how I know that's the last one, man? It's an establishment. They shouldn't run out of ice cream. How you going to run out of ice cream? Yeah, you know? that's what I went off. I was like, how you going to run out of ice cream with freaking bras be two for five in the grocery store? <laughs> <laughs> but I, on my way to the Javits Center Saturday, I went into the, the only Starbucks that was on the side of the street that I was walking all the way down 42nd. I popped they in. They ran out of soy. I walk, I'm like the fifth dude online. The guy behind the counter says, who wants lattes? And, and one of the dudes says... Um, Soy something latte. He goes, oh, I'm out of soy. I was like, you can put a sign or nothing up. I waited like five minutes just for you. <laughs> Not even at the counter. Uh, so I just turned around. I was pissed. <laughs> no, no, this is this is a true story right here. I went to a KFC and they ran out of chicken. For real. For real. I kid you not. I kid you not. Only in Memphis, dog. Only in Memphis. Man, they ran out of they ran out of chicken. The the lady was like, we don't have any more. <laughs> like eight o'clock at night or something. I mean, tell me it wasn't like the middle of the day. No, it was it was like around seven o'clock. 
It was like seven o'clock in the evening. She said, "We don't have any more. Do you want some pot- some some like uh, some potato wedges?" I was like, "No, man, I want no potato wedges. How you gonna run out of chicken?" And with your mashed potatoes and cornbread, that's great. Have a biscuit. In packets of hot sauce. <laughs> and the spark. You got mad parfaits. I love the parfaits, though. Oh, yeah. Because I, I, I'll get to the bottom and I start choking because of the, because of the graham cracker crust. It's like it, it's like Agent Orange in my throat. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. The parfait, the parfait was a murder weapon for many children back in the 80s. It's from the drink, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm prepared. And, um, oh man, you know, I forgot how beautiful the artwork is in this book. But. Man, that's what I was going to say, man. That, I'm, this is, this is, this is when I was like heavily into John Byrne, and then I met him, and then I was fell out. I was like, no, that's fine. I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of, he kind of has that if, if, if you're, if you're a shade darker than he is, I, I, I've heard that about the man. Dude. That man, that man looked at my portfolio and was like, ah, the best thing on here is just a trash can. That's, uh, that's I was like, yeah. And it was a line of people behind me, too. And I turned around, everybody was gone. Everybody, after he said that. <laughs> like, <I'm out. laughs> everybody uh, was like, man, screw that, man. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. yeah, man, I was out. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. When that thing always happens to me, when I hear stuff like that, I always think about the art school. I was like, man, these guys are douchebags. But if they showed their portfolio to my fucking art teachers who were like 75 and 80 and work with Disney and fucking Clint Eastwood and drawing Lawrence of Arabia and shit like that, they would have probably told them they work with shit too. Yeah. But they might not yeah. have because they actually have some fucking couth. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the days of uh, the days of Bob Layton coming to the show in a suit and being respectable to people, uh, them days uh, is long gone. Those days are over. Yeah, those days are long gone. But all what right. can dudes do more like Walt Simonson? That guy won't say a bad word to anybody, and he's a baller. Yeah, that, that gentleman is a class act. Salty yeah. old man. Oh yes, very salty. Bad. Yes, old bay seasoning salty. <laughs> 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 Oh, I still gotta get you some of that Phillips. I still got. Oh yeah, yeah. Send me some of that Phillips seafood seasoning too. Oh yeah, send that down. Send that on down here. Hey, um, last thing is tangent. Um, see, Julian got me hooked on uh, Old Bay seasoning and Phillips seasoning when I was in Baltimore. See, that wasn't down here in Lexington, Kentucky, um, before I went to Baltimore Comic Con. And everywhere we ate, I got some Philip seafood, so some Phil, not not Phil's, but Old Bay season to put on my fries. I'm like, okay, it's in the, kind of- in the aluminum can. Yes, the aluminum square. Yeah, we have some Old Bay in our cabinet. Never had Phillips. Oh yeah, and see, and, and the first time I had that Old Bay season, it just like it was like it was like a religious experience on my fries. All right, <laughs> you saw those chips, I think. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, the, the, oh. the Old Bay chips. Yes, yeah. the Old Bay Uts. Old Bay, uh, oh, Grandma, uh, oh, nice. <laughs> so, so like that was like an experience. So then the next night we go to Philip Seafood and I get my food. And I'm like, listen, do you have any uh, Old Bay seasoning? They're like, no, but we have our own Philip's Philip seasoning. I was like, bring it out. Came out in the metal can, and it was like religious experience part two. And so I was like, that was like a great weekend. So I come home and I'm like salty because I don't have any Old Bay, and I'm going to like Kroger's. And they just put up this new little shelf, mini shelf display, and lo and behold, it was like old base season. It was like lights was shining off of it, and like I grabbed like a can, <laughs> <laughs> and I was happy. So yes, yes. 
You're going to make me have to try that now, man. <laughs> hey, Old Bay seasoning is the truth. But uh, let's My go. wife likes it on the um, like tilapia, you yeah. know? Like, that shit has no flavor, right? So... <laughs> So what I do is I put a whole bunch of that old base shit on there and bake it and it actually kind of tastes okay because otherwise, man, no, no. Yeah, yeah you know, the tilap- tilapia is the blandest of fish. I, I know. So yes. All right. Tilapia, we need old bay wings. Oh. That would have been. Oh, 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 yeah, that's some gangster shit yeah. right there. Yeah, that, that's mad gangster right there. See, you, you talking some mess now. We about to have a cooking podcast. <laughs> the hell with legends. Give me that. You know, I, I got I got some of them juki, uh, some of those bad uh, burn Superman books. I just throw them out in the grill, get a fire started. We start cooking right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know. All right. All right, let's do this. All right.